so we got jo- Josh. Oh. Shayless, right? There you go. Thank you, Jason. Shayless, yeah. Shayless, I was gonna say Michaelis. Service. Service. I told Makes Buddy last time. time. I just done my homework. Can't even pronounce <laughs> my last name. I did that on purpose because I told Buddy. I said, "Do not screw up his last name because he comments about it all the time when people screw it up." <laughs> what was that? Somebody did one with Janice. Put Bear did one with Giannis and he butchered oh, yeah. his name all up on purpose. Oh, did he? Oh, yeah, on purpose. It was, fun. yeah. Oh, that's fine. Um, yeah. No, it was a great episode. There was some stuff like you really hit on that I just kind of I jotted a couple of things down. I kind of wanted to go back to if we can. So I, I sometimes I listen to the podcast that I'm on, not because of my ego. Like everybody makes fun of me. Like you listen to yourself. I'm like mm-hmm. you don't understand. It's like. There's so much adrenaline. I don't know if you get this, Josh. You there's, there's so much adrenaline when you're in the moment recording that I forget what I say mm-hmm. most of the time. I, I never do. I remember every single word, and then sometimes I'm just like, and I say some cringe stuff, but I know it's going to make people mad, and I know I work enjoy dog food, and I'm just like, I don't want to listen to that. I know I made somebody mad. I really don't want to rehash it. <laughs> We're used to that. Me. We live in that world. Yeah. So I was listening to the one that you did with me, just came out on your show and boy which his show is what what's the title of it the joy the working working by joy working dog podcast yeah fueled by joy working dog podcast so that's our guest today is is josh we we had to have him on but the way you ended that part one i i was left you like you like tiled me down as i was starting (laughs) to say something i'm like what did i say What, what did i it was I'm like, I'm the guest, and I you cut out part one. I don't know whoever oh, listened to that. You part it, huh? I listened to the original file. I got to listen yeah. to the whole thing in its entirety. Did you split that up? I split it up into two parts. Oh, I, a lot of times guy. I'm traveling, you know, when I knew, <laughs> luckily, buddy was on. I think we did like an hour and 45 minutes. Something yeah, like. it, was it was a long, long time. Now, so by the time I plug in the commercials and all this stuff, well, now I got two one-hour episodes. Yeah, and I can take a week take off. Take a week off. <laughs> I, I say I worked, but I went down to Kentucky and we did the bourbon tour with the wife. So <laughs> I've been on vacation <laughs> work. <laughs> yeah, I seen your Maker's Mark. Yeah, oh, it was yeah. cool down there. I went down there went years ago. Working on some Widow Jane tenure right now, actually. Right Buddy's on. got a history with Jack Daniels. Yeah. That's, yeah. Does Jack Daniels know about this? <laughs> yeah, they oh, know they about know. me. <laughs> they know who Buddy Woodbury was at that point in time. <laughs> I, I, got, I, I wish I still had. I had a cease and desist letter from Jack Daniels because I made a, a T-shirt that looked like the Jack Daniels logo, which oh, I, I totally Jack, copied their logo and made it into yeah. W. Jack Daniels is you don't do nothing with their stuff. They're like Harley Davidson the same way. Yeah. Man, oh, yeah. If they, get, if they get anything. I don't know who they hire to just snoop around on people's stuff, but they're good. Oh, it's really good. <laughs> like oh, yeah. We need up. to know those people. <laughs> I, at the time, the I was scared. Game. I mean, I was like, dude, burn. Because <laughs> they were like, we need to know how much you sold. And I'm like, I didn't sell shit, to be honest with you. <laughs> like, I probably got like four <laughs> customers. Four you know, I thought I was... I lost eight hundred bucks. Here's your two right. bucks. Yeah. <laughs> we were printing them, and I'm like, they're gone. I burned them all. You know what I mean? Tragic accident last night in the because I just wanted them off my ass. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, you got just. I mean, it was it was an official looking letter. Like, like the IRS was gonna yeah. step on you next. And I'm like, dude, I'm just a I'm just a kid trying to make a cool T-shirt, oh, man. man. Oh. There's cease and desist are scary at first. 
your yeah. first two or three are a little scary that after that you're good to go huh yeah, yeah. No, right now i'd be like <laughs> i'd scan a picture of my middle finger and be like try that and they probably show me that show me their middle finger and i'd be like oh okay yeah. you got a bigger one bigger than yours <laughs> See, yeah. i'm trying to get a cease and desist i have a biz- i have a plan and i don't know if i should say it but i'm going to so i bought a website domain that is extremely similar to a very popular DU brand. DU no, magazine. Not DU. <laughs> no, nothing. Like, yeah, it's like the letter W. Yeah. <laughs> no, like I really want to meet this guy because I think he's really cool. And I figure the cool the best way for me to make a contact with him is I'll do something to probably pull a cease yeah. and desist, right? Yeah. So yeah, I'm not going to say who it is, but if somebody calls and asks, I might be able to. But if you go to JoeRogan.org. <laughs> yeah, JoeRogan.org. No. <laughs> no, what I would say, if you wanted to check out BrodeoTime.com, <laughs> you might get an idea of what we're searching for there here. I'm, I want to get uh, me a ride down to uh, Radiator Springs. Oh, <laughs> well, yeah. It, <clears throat> those early lessons you learn, like, that, and... I don't like you said the Jack Daniels guys. They are like how they found me. I didn't even think I had a website at the time. Like it was legitimately like they must have had somebody walk in the Portland Sportsman Show and was like, "Yep, right there. That yep. that guy's got our brand." And uh, probably I think it just I used like I had the number seven with you know it was like the it was something like that where I I just didn't change enough. I don't know what it was, but. <laughs> Did they send you a nice one with little red diagrams of what you did? (laughs) No, no. It was just like, stop your shit. Yeah. But a lot more words. Those more professional words of like, hey, cut cut it out. They spent a lot of money on that form letter. I guarantee it. They got lawyers on retainer. That's all they do. Copyright and trademark infringement, stuff like that. So we talked. I sent one to Jason at one point. Because he... (laughs) I wonder if we can find one of these on eBay. These things are getting ready to skyrocket in the secondary market. Yeah, right. Somebody's driving the market. Yeah. Yeah. This is before, you know, Zoom, legal Zoom or whatever. You know what I mean? I don't think Jack, I mean, I I really would frame that son of a bitch right now and I'd hang it on my wall. Like it would be, I was too afraid of it. I'd probably burn it. Yeah, that would look good here in my office. I'm going to look for one. Yeah. I'm like, man. But uh, I sent one to Jason before the whole deal and had had the lawyer draw me up a, a draft to cease and desist letter and it had really nice pictures i don't know if if jack daniels got as much enjoyment out of it as i did you know they probably sure just not. get old <laughs> that was just an everyday occurrence for them this was a special occasion oh, I know. This, right. this was like we pulled out the all the stops red yeah. carpet he was nice, though. I will say this. Buddy at least gave me the option to sell them all. Like He's like, get rid of them. Do whatever you want to do. But yeah, that... No, Jack Daniels didn't do that. They were like, we want to know how many you sold and how much of a check we got coming. I was right. like, you got nothing. <laughs> you got yeah. all my money. I don't, I it, just, it was just an idea. Bottle of black. Yeah. yeah. The worst part is like, because we deal with it all the time. Uh, the W dogs and all of our oh. like graphics and stuff, it gets copied so much. And it's really, it's hard because that's kind well, of. My little girl's sporting around one of them tattoos that you guys sent me with that stuff all the time. She puts one on about oh, once perfect. a week. So I don't want to hear no <laughs> bullshit from you. We got it from you guys. <laughs> we didn't make it. 
<laughs> no, that's great. All the double up, Chuck, is okay. I love go. that that words came back up again. <laughs> oh, we we used to go uh, to a show, and especially if we we're going in, um, a, like an area or whatever. And so Jason would be a competing brand, and we'd show up to these events. And I made sure we had T-shirts and business cards and just fun stuff. You know what I mean? When you get there, you know, koozies and all this, you know, just stuff that's like, hey, it just spreads around the table. So somebody gets one and whatever. And Jason, behind my back, it was called the double up chuck. Because <laughs> it was like, just <laughs> that's what we called it. You just walk in and it's double up chuck everywhere. <laughs> Lanyards, hats, shirts, stickers, leads. It was like, it looked like double. You just back the dump truck up and boom. <laughs> Which sucks because then I had to spend a lot more money to even be relevant. Yep. <laughs> so you know what I did? Hold on a second. Let me close this door. Oh, yeah. Take your headset off, buddy, while he's gone. I bought an AR-15 and gave it away. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> he didn't hear that. So no, he doesn't. <laughs> I, I think I feel like I left. I picked a bad time to leave. <laughs> I feel like I'm going to have to listen to this podcast again to hear what y'all talked about. <laughs> I was just talking about I bought a gun. It's the only way everybody would pay attention. Oh, yeah. That was a way. good one. Yeah. That was a good one. And I thought that. I'm like, how are we going to do this? I'm getting back. We're buying a freaking gun. I wasn't at that show, Josh. I wasn't. I was. So Mike and Matt went to that show. Mm-hmm. And I remember getting a phone call. And, and I don't know who it was. It was either, I think it was Matt because he was a little more fiery. He's like, that beep and beep, beep. <laughs> He's raffling a gun at his booth. Like everybody is over there, buddy. There's not a single person in the W booth and everybody there's a line over the plum tree booth right now. Mm-hmm. Boy, Matt did not take kindly to it that. It was pretty epic, oh. yeah, but was, it, you could, you know, no good deed goes unpunished. I will tell you, <laughs> I own that gun now because the guy I had working with me won the gun. And I'm like, dude, I love you, buddy. I'll buy you another one. Like at this point, I said, I'll buy you another one. You can't take this gun. Yeah. <laughs> well, like the rest of some, well, I should say like other decisions. He doesn't like listening to people. So he took the gun. So I'm like, crap, that totally backfired. It did not go to like any customer. It was like this great opportunity. And then he was hurting for money. So I bought it back. <laughs> so I bought that gun twice. <laughs> I ran oh. into a situation like that. I used to make coon squalors with big show game calls. And just oh, like really? to see these waterfowl guys, I mean, I was, and I don't, I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and say it. I made the best coon squalor out there <laughs> and I'm the best area. <laughs> they were, I piss excellent, you know, that's what I, <laughs> in the morning. but, uh, these were some of the fine, most finely crafted calls that you, and all them guys wear one at these haunts, you know, everybody's got one and they, they want the nicest one. And I spent. I think this call sold originally for three hundred and seventy-five dollars, if I remember right. I mean, it was it was beautiful, and I always wanted it back. But I would turn one for myself and sell it because I'd rather have the money than the call most of the time. And so oh, yeah. uh, this guy contacts me after I've already sold. I sold that business, uh, moved on, wasn't doing them anymore. This guy calls me because hey, I want to donate that call that I bought off of you to the PKC Youth Fund. We're going to auction it off, and so I bought. They were a hundred, I think it was like a hundred dollars a spot and we sold 10 spots. And so it was thousand dollars goes straight to the PKC youth fund for the yeah. youth hunters. And, uh, of course I bought a spot 
and I'm the one doing the drawing (laughs) live and everything. And I hit the button to spin the wheel and it lands on me. And I was just like, shit, that is no bueno. And I really want this caller. Everybody's on the live feed being like, keep it, keep it. And then half the people like rigged, rigged, rigged. (laughs) Oh, you know it. So I'm live at the whole time. I hit the button again. I said, look, I'm not taking it. Just consider my donation. But whoever wins this, I will buy this call back off of you. I want yeah. it back. It was, it was a beautiful call. Sure. And uh, I hit the wheel again. Levi Stevenson wins it, who's one of the co-owners of Pro Sport, and I've not seen it since. <laughs> he, just, he hasn't given it. <laughs> well, right yeah, now, he owns the market yeah, on it, so you might get a phone call. I mean, this thing was, it was probably the nicest one I ever built. And I sold one for upwards of four. I think it was 4200 when I got done. And it was pre-ban ivory. It was silver inlays. It was Dang. the whole work. It took me six months to make it. You know, I work <laughs> an hour in the shop at night, and if That's I blow that wild. pre-ban ivory up, I'm just I'm out. You know, I this guy's just lost a thousand dollars worth of material. Yeah, yeah, or more. Who knows what he paid for it? He sent me the pre-ban ivory, and uh, so I mean, I've, I've made some great ones, but this that was my favorite. I was going to put it on a shelf. I was going to put it behind a glass deal and hanging in my office and levi if you're listening to this you know the offer's still open but i'm not going to give you a bajillion dollars for it because i don't like it that much <laughs> five bajillion maybe yeah you owned it quite twice you already owned it twice I, I won the damn thing fair and square and he won't even sell it back to me i think you guys <laughs> should flip a coin over it to be honest get him on here live flip a coin yeah, yeah that's how men settle it right yeah something <laughs> so when i'm always at osda and we're raffling shit off you know like if it's a garment or whatever i'll pull you know I'll, I'll pull the bucket or whatever when it gets to a gun i'm like hey where's a kid <laughs> like yeah, i'm gonna be legit on this one <laughs> i'm in on this one man i'm not right. the guns are not going home they, they, they coming home with me I'm, so when i see something i'm like oh ooh, ooh, i really want it you'll watch me find a kid i'm like i gotta find a kid i gotta i gotta make this drawing make make sure it everything's above water on this one because i want to this one i'm home. just gonna rig the next one I was like, <laughs> I'm like, you know, my internet wasn't working. I couldn't do it live. So here we yeah, go. There you go. <laughs> oh, that's funny. And uh, my son will win it. It's a miracle. Yeah. <laughs> you just got to get a different name. Find somebody be like, hey. Fake Facebook profile. Yeah. Like everybody's Josh got Michaelis. one. Right? <laughs> yeah, Josh <laughs> Michaelis. Just <laughs> uh, Joshua. You might want to yeah. add the U A at the end. There you go. Then nobody will pick up on French, it. Some French guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's well, wild. I didn't know you were involved with them before. Yeah. Is that that was your company? That was my company. Big Show Game Calls was my company, and I sold it, uh, and it became Tier One Custom Calls. Yeah, yeah. That's but really no. That cool. was that was all me. Uh, I started that out of my garage. I think in two thousand ten, two thousand nine, something like that, and then Ooh. operated it until twenty twenty or nineteen one of those years i've done it for i've done it for over a decade so it would have been late what made you decide to get out it was so time consuming yeah. you know i would go to work about that time I, w- I was putting fiber in the ground and i'm working you know so it was on the side so yeah it was, it was a side gig it wasn't okay. anything i did and it, it made good money but all it did was pay for my habit you know it, <laughs> paid, my, it paid for my dog food it paid yeah. for my entry fees uh, paid my vet bills and paid for stuff like that. But you know, you would clear on a good year, 25 grand, 30 grand, which mm-hmm. is a good side gig. 
but that side gig took me from five o'clock in the evening, six o'clock in the evening until 11 o'clock at night, four nights. Yeah. And then you have, you know how it is when customers, and I love people. Uh, I love coon hunters. (laughs) Here we go. You know how it goes. And they're just, you know, they order squalor and I wouldn't take any money until I got it done. If it was a custom call. And then I made molded calls and stuff too, where I would get them up to dealers and stuff. But, uh, they would order a custom. I would open my custom books open until I got 52 calls because I'd do about one a week. 50, 50 to 55, 56 calls, something like that. Yeah. Well, then sure I would decide for two weeks that I don't feel like in, inhaling sawdust and all this stuff, and I don't want to do it. And then I would get behind, and you know how it goes. And then here oh, these yeah. guys are. They order it in January, and it's July, and they're bugging me about their call. And, and, you know, I put it out there whenever we sold the calls that, look, I don't know when I'm going to get this done. It may be. They, everybody never. says, oh, yeah, no problem. Yeah, no problem. About it. Oh, yeah. No, <laughs> I don't. Until I'm worried about it. No, I, Until... didn't take any, I didn't take their money. I didn't do nothing. Because even if I would have a customer on a list and I would make a call and I'd say, hey, your call's ready. And then they ghost me, which happens. Because some of these are $150, $200 calls. And guys don't have the money, and I get it. That's understandable. Please. You know, you're just messing me back and say, "Look, I ain't got the money right now." I'd hold the call for four or five months for some people who said they didn't have the money and give right. it to them. They did, but a lot of folks would just ghost you, and you couldn't get a hold of them, and they wouldn't send a message back in two or three days. I'd put that thing on Facebook; it'd be gone in ten minutes. Right. You know, so it didn't. It wasn't no skin off my back either way, but it was fun. I loved. I started doing duck calls, and that was my that was the enjoyable part. The coon squallers were just a business. But the duck calls, they were so time-consuming, and there were so many people that done it better than me, even though I built a good one. Uh, you could get a better product for the same price from someone that was better established. And so the duck calls became just a secondary deal that I did for fun. Well, then it turned out to where I didn't have time for fun. Yeah. <laughs> you know. it's Side yeah. hustles are tough, though. I mean, that's how Plum yes. Tree started. Yep. You know, buddy, yours was a side hustle. Yep. And to make yeah. that jump, I don't think everybody wants to be a cowboy until it's time to do cowboy shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And to be real honest with you, that cowboy shit is real tough sometimes yep. because I feel like in a weird way, I was really fortunate. I didn't have a choice. I had a career that ended like I was several years into a career, had an injury. And luckily, I had already started my side hustle and I was able to invest anything that came from that into building yep. a business. So in a weird way, like I had a huge leg up because I was desperate. I didn't have another option. I was an injured worker. Like, what are we going to do here? But, you know, like buddy working at Intel all those years and it hits that growing point where that's where the grit kicks in. I don't think there's any way to explain it. And you've got to want it bad enough because it is sacrifices. It is top ramen a lot of nights. You know, it's given up a lot. I did it mostly just to spite my ex-wife. That's that's good motivation. It's a good motivation. Those are motivating factors. Yeah, we were still married when I started this. She's like, "This will never work." I'm like, "Huh? F you. (laughs) We'll make this work before this marriage." (laughs) Exactly. And one did, and one didn't. (laughs) (laughs) As soon as you get divorced, okay, I'm over that. Oh yeah, yeah, two retire. That's actually when I sold. Good for you. Right after, right? Yeah, and I made him pay cash. <laughs> Good choice. She's like, you want the alimony? Like, hey, hey, where's that business you got? There's gonna That's be a right. It didn't I'm succeed. Gonna, I'm gonna do it again. I've got, I signed a five year non compete whenever I sold, and that's up yeah. here in a couple of years. And yeah, uh, 
you know, I'm not going to do it as a, I'm way too busy for doing it other than have my stuff, build a call, sell it when I feel like it. But I do, yeah. it is enjoyable. It's a, it's, yeah. they're pieces of art and, you know, it, it's a, a finicky business. And then once I started it, I was the first real true custom coon squaller maker. I mean, just the, what you see out of some of these waterfowl call guys, uh, I was the first one to do that on the coon squaller side. But as hmm. soon as they seen my success, and of course I marketed it really well and everything. And I had a part-time, some part-time people in the shop and stuff, but it was basically a one-man band. But it, That's a hard thing to do. Yeah. Well, you know, that's probably um, one of the hardest things that I got lucky with was I, I knew that I use were a scale, but business yep. scales, you know what I mean? Getting employees and figuring that out yep. that you yep. can't be a one man show. If yep. you, um, a lot of people will support that. And, you know, here we were, we were talking about, you know, me, me picking on the little guys. I'm, I'm not picking on the little guys, but I was there and yep. I knew that right. yep. I wanted to go hunting for four days or, or five days. You know what I mean? Go take a long weekend and add a couple days when I had a job at Intel, I could do that. I'd use my vacation wherever I want. But when we started getting big enough that we had enough orders that you couldn't showboat around and be like, hey, why haven't you shipped my order in five right. days? You know what I mean? Like right. uh, Customers, they want to go hunting too. That's the problem. You know what I mean? That's the whole thing. It's like, There's you want to go hunting? Where you can't do it yourself. Yeah. And you got to make that decision to either go all in or sell. Yep. I mean, you hit that point eventually with any successful business. I took the sell route because I didn't see a huge future with the competition that came in after me. Cause now I'm competing against which, and I, these are good dudes. You know, I like, there's a lot of good call makers out there now, but uh, you know, you're competing against them when they weren't there. When I started, mm -hmm. you know, if, if a new dog food company comes in and I'll just like, you know, you know, high standard enjoy you're there. Karina's mm -hmm. there. Yeah. Victor's there. Well, you start a company like Karina and some employee from Karina goes and decides they want to do this. Well, yeah, you were making good money at Karina, but they weren't your competitor. You know right. what I mean? And so you, you yeah. run into that too. I mean, it's a decision everybody's got to make eventually. And sometimes and, with the right business model, it works out. And sometimes it don't. But you're right. Yeah. You either sell or yep. you make the jump because yep. just being complacent, it, it'll never succeed. No, because because you're just sitting on that razor's edge. It'll never happen. And that's where where I was, and that's where you know I came into the W picture. Thanks yep. to Buddy, like it just like us, it grew too much. It was taking yep. too much time, and I wasn't it willing to. Be, it was either it your marriage and, and family succeed or whatever. So I'm like, well, we're done. Yep. I, I didn't have. I didn't have the the means or the balls to do it. You yep. know, like it was, it was necessity that caused it where now it's like, man, it takes some guts to get into a business in today's Especially world. Especially if you're, you got a kids and you got another occupation and you get, if, you, mm -hmm. if I was young, of course we all have hindsight from when we're, you know, middle-aged or whatever. I wish I'd have known now what I did then sure. and all that stuff, but or then what I did now, but it's yeah. uh if you're not growing and I'm, I, I've never been a guy that cared about money. If as long as it didn't rain on me when I slept and <laughs> I had a, a truck and a dog, I never cared. And I still don't, 
but I'm also a capitalist, which is uh, definitely an oxymoron. <laughs> <laughs> and so I know that if a business isn't growing, it's dying. Yeah. And, you know, and I was at that point where I either had to grow or sell or die. And, you know, I, I picked the sell part and I'm glad I did. Uh, I don't, when I, when I sold out, I never wanted to see a lathe again. You know, now it's been three, it's been three or four years. I'm that years. way with a hand stamp nameplate machine. Yes, exactly. And so, you know, you just got to make the decision for yourself and everybody's different. Someone's going to take that business and if they do it right and you've laid the groundwork, they're going to succeed with it too. So, exactly. you know, it's always going to be there. When I, when I bought Plum Tree, that was my motivation, part of my motivation, right? One of my motivation was getting getting Jason on board. Right. Cause I, I seen how hard he was yep. to snuff out. Like, I'm like, dude, I try to snuff his ass out a lot and he just kept popping <laughs> lot, back lot, up. So, lot, lot. so that was, that was part of the, you know, like I credit to Jason. Thank the you. other part of it was I was calculating, like I finally got this son of a bitch snuffed out. Who's going to be who's the next guy to pick it up? To. Like who's going to come in here? Yeah. And he had just started to get those wheels rounded. You know what I mean? I started looking at him going like, he's, he's doing a couple things, right. He's doing a couple things wrong. You know what I mean? Like he's and it, but he, it wasn't easy for him. You know what I mean? And, and, and my job was to not make it easy for him whenever we were competing or whatever. But at some point I was like, man, because everybody was asking me, well, you're crazy. You're crazy. And I said, no, I said, you know, number one, take the emotion you know, we've been in this fight for a couple of years or whatever, this personal deal. I said, take that away. He's done a pretty good job. Like I yep. got to give it to him. He's different than me. He's attracting a different customer base than me. He's, he's a different person than I am. And yep. I'm not afraid of that. Like not everybody is my cup of tea and I'm okay with that. Right. Don't let your pride get in the way of your pocketbook. Exactly. exactly. Ever. And, and then the second thing was, is I don't know who's in line, but you know what I mean? I don't know if somebody's <laughs> going to pick that torch up. Cody but, Hilliard <laughs> was like all up on me about it. I'm like, Cody could sell the crap out of home supplies. Yeah. I'm You're like, lucky he I came don't... with a job or he would have been <laughs> battling again with somebody. Right. I'm like, I don't want to see the new guy with the torch. You know what I mean? Right. I'm just about getting it snuffed out. He'd be lighting a whole bunch of other shit on because they're whoever's new is going to come in with a vengeance. Like oh, I just know that up, they're hungry. Yeah. Yeah. Hungry. And I'm like, it's going to take a, a year and they'll, I'll wear them out too. You know what I mean? You got to be in it for the long game. There's, there's just something a, to it. It is a war of attrition because I remember one particular guy and he came on social media and he was. Set the world on fire. I, I almost want to name him <laughs> and I haven't heard anything out of him for years, but I would have, because I remember my first aha moment and that's when, and I had a couple dealers and I, I eventually I, I got to where, because I tried to peddle these things to everybody. All the big dealers in the East, you know, I went to Valley Creek and I went to Conkey's and I went to all these guys said, Hey, you got to try these coon squallers, you know? And I was giving them away pretty much for nothing. And I wasn't making enough money, but I wanted to get them out there. And everybody told me no. Yeah. And uh, a couple small suppliers said, yes, red, I'll never forget them. Kenny race hound supplies out in Kansas and red fern hound supply down in Tahlequah, Oklahoma. Yeah. And those guys are still my friends to this day. And when I made it big, when I orders started piling up, those are the only two dealers I kept. Everything else I sold online. And yeah, uh, but my first aha moment was when Conky called me and wanted like a hundred calls. And I'm yeah. a mechanician at the time at a local <laughs> shop up here because I decided to get off the road. My daughter was getting ready to be born, 
and I was living in motels and I was working on the road all the time. And I thought I need to be home for my kids. And uh, Conky called me. He's like, Hey, I need a hundred. And I was just like, Holy shit ball. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> like I was two zeros? Like a piece. That's like two grand. Yeah. <laughs> right. People got that much money. money. That yeah. I could have check. like 1800 in the, in them, you know, but it's still. Right. And so I hopped my boss, who was a good friend of mine, a hunting buddy of mine, Mike Ralston. Uh, he's he started coon hunting back. He, he coon hunted with me when I was young, and he he got hounds again back when uh, I went to, back to work for him. And he uh, he came over to my house and he helped me put calls together, and he helped me paint them, and he helped me do all the the laser work and all that stuff you know that you had to do to get them prepared, build the lanyards. And we got Conky's first order out, and I thought I have made it. This is it. I'm going <laughs> to retire do. in like two weeks. <laughs> Ralston, we you got have another mechanic. <laughs> there's a comma in this order. We got a comma, baby. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I was the only one doing it. I come out with a really good design and it took off and then the competition started coming mm-hmm. and they came one particular guy. I hope, he, I don't know if he's going to, he may be a good dude. I don't know, <laughs> but I'm still going to not forget this, but I had the chatterbox with my first coon squalor that I marketed. It was a two piece poly call, uh, really good reads, the whole work. And he came out with the rattle box. Mm. And then I came out with a chatterbox. So yours is what? The chatterbox? The chatterbox and he chatterbox came out. Oh, Ridgeline, okay. Ridgeline Supply still sells that. I sold that to Ridgeline Supply up in Mount Air, Iowa. But uh, he comes out with a chatterbox or the rattle box. And then I come out with the chatterbox hybrid. And he comes out with a rattle box hybrid. And I'm just <laughs> like, dude, WTF, <laughs> give me a freaking break. And my dealers was calling me, the ones that I did have now. Like, hey, what about this new call? And he's blowing it up on social media and everything. Yeah. And I said, look, I said, in five years, I'm still going to be here. And I'm still going to be sending you product. And it's still going to get there on time. And it's still going to be the same what you expect. I said, he's not. I said, I know the type. I've seen it. I said, I'll be here. He won't. You do what you want. You do what's best for your business because I understand you're going to have customers that may like his and not like mine or something. But he lasted, he was, he flamed it out two years, you know, done. And then I still kept those same dealers and those same suppliers and everything. And it's just, sometimes it's a war of attrition. Yeah. You know, like I, didn't want to buy slow I thought he was a jackass, <laughs> 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 but I also, I thought I'm going to wear this dude out. I'm going to come out with new products. I'm going to come out with better deals. And eventually he's not going to be able to do it. Eventually he's going to get out of his mom's basement and have to get a real job. You should have came up with some really great names, like in preparation for the, his response. Yeah, no I mean, like, yeah. I'm not even going to say them on air, but I can think of some really funny yeah. ones that you could <laughs> probably is, have some fun with. From Big Show Game Calls. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying it's different though. It's like there's quick nickels and slow dimes. Yeah. Sometimes they're both great in their in their place, you know. Yeah. And I feel like that's where the side hustles even. Like getting them to this point, like I think of W, you know, it started both of our garage. We both started our own kind of things and now we're both here. Thank you, buddy. Again, I still do appreciate the job. Um, If your torch would have turned out a little earlier, he wouldn't be here, but you kept that torch going just long (laughs) enough. I'm telling you. Well, I remember Laura because she said, well, what if we would have asked you a while ago? I said, I would have came over as soon as you wrote a big enough check. Like, you, you know, it wasn't anything. My dignity could have been bought probably cheaper <laughs> before that. But it comes down, like I said, slow nickels and quick di- or quick nickels and slow dimes. You know, yep. all of a sudden making that transition from one to the next. That's the hard part. Yep. And it doesn't mean that it's wrong if you decide like, hey, here's my cap. I'm going to give you this much time. 
Because I'm, I'm sure you're a freaking crazy busy guy. Oh yeah, it's. And you guys got, have been ramping up big time. Yeah, we've got new like. projects coming too, and I like to think of myself as somebody with a little bit of foresight. And when I started Big Show Game Calls, and then it went on to making stuff on my YouTube channel, and then it went into competing at these big hunts, and now onto my position at Joy Dog Food, and then new projects we got coming. I I I want to say I had it all envisioned two decades ago. Right. And I did some of it, but right now, I mean, we're just swamped. And yeah. I'm only one dude, and every now and then, you know how it is. You guys got to take a break. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But uh, you can I only always... be driven like, like we are for so long. Yeah. And eventually, you're just going to have to slow down a little bit. I'm not there Don't yet, the but but the end of the tunnels, I can see the light. <laughs> I can see I, it at the end of the tunnel. I was uh, <clears throat> was talking. I've talked to a couple people before, and I, and I go, I kind of... You know, we were talking about a, <clears throat> a deal in the company, and, and they were talking about wanting to get into the, something on this. I'm not going to say what it was, but and I just told them, I said, here's the deal. I said, you're too early. You're talking about, like, you know, the big guys or whatever, and, yep. you know, people come to us and want, it, want us to pick something up or do something. And I'm like, I said, you're too early, man. And, and they go, what do you mean? I'm, you know, they're all fired up, and they're ready. And I go, you are ready to rock and roll. Yeah. Both but plow in front of the horse. Exactly. Yeah, I said, here, you know, imagine like you're swimming across the lake. You know what yeah. I mean? You might be a really good swimmer. I said, but anybody that swam that lake knows that about halfway th across that, you're like, oh shit, did I bite off more? <laughs> yeah, exactly. This this may not <laughs> turn out like I thought it was. On. <laughs> right. And I'm like, I, and I and you know, I was just telling him. I said, I need you to get halfway across that river before we can talk because right now. You're telling me all this great stuff, you know. Uh, another good example was was, and I'll I'll pick on them, but lay, uh, it was a lay laps GPS, you know, yeah. dog tracking thing. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm I'm familiar with that. Yeah, and and I'm like, dude, like, we're gonna do this, and we're gonna do that, and we're gonna be this. And I said, I don't know if you are or not, but I'm no. saying you're overly confident right now for the road ahead. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you gotta go, you gotta go swim that lake. And you get halfway across and I'll pick you up in a boat and let's talk. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because right now you're talking crazy talk. You know what I mean? It's like <laughs> evaluations are subject to change based on right. opinion and perspective. The best people, uh, the best businessmen in hound sport have patience and they have a singular focus and they can focus on the same thing for years, decades, you yeah. know, and, not everybody's like that. Uh, some of my best friends are great businessmen and, and wealthy and all this stuff. And they even put the cart in front of the horse sometimes. You know, they're just like, well, we're going to do this and this and this. I'm like, well, there's like 200 steps in between your first thing that you told me and the second thing you told me. So there's a yeah. lot. To do. And you got to stay focused on that stuff for so long to make it work. You know, mm -hmm. Big Show Game Calls was a 10 year experiment. And uh, mm -hmm. When I started the YouTube channel, I knew it would lead, and that's why Joy called me. You know, I knew it would lead to something, but I didn't think it would be, you know, I'm thinking eight, ten years down the road, I'll I'll be able to highlight some of these great dogs and these competition guys and what they're doing and stuff because they're not getting the coverage that, it, that they deserve. Right. Right. And, uh, you know, one thing leads to another, but it, there's a lot of steps that people don't consider. Yeah. 
No, that's for sure. Like, it, or you it, could know. I mean, some of it you yeah. just don't know until oh, yeah. you're in it, and it, yeah. it is a game time decision. Yep. Yeah, definitely. It's interesting though because I'll say like I I have lots of contacts and friends in business, and, and you know like we we talk a lot, but the hound market is so different. Whatever you tell me is not going to work. I will hands down tell you, like, I know for a fact works in our demographic. Yeah. Yeah. I don't care what you tell me. I am telling print you. Print magazines. Well, yeah. <laughs> don't dive into that I'm a one. subscriber now. But yes, I, he <laughs> is. I saw it come through. I, trying to give I feel me bad. Opinion. I need to do that, Jason. I, I, I've seen the link. Okay. I've seen your Facebook post. And I'm like, I got to do that for Jason. He's I printed gotta. the stickers. He printed the banner. <laughs> He, I was going to give Josh a copy. He signed up. I'm like, dude, I'll give you a copy. And his response made me laugh out loud where I was standing. Yeah. I'm not going to say it, but I laughed my ass I'll off. I'll say it. I still might enjoy dog food. <laughs> I buy dog food from dealers right here by the house. Good I for you. every single kibble that I feed. Oh. I told Jason, I said, I don't even get freaking dog food for free. <laughs> I'm getting better into that deal. I'll At least Buddy sends me dog food. Yeah. But, oh. you know, like in my... Your my word and my reputation is what has gotten me to this point. Mm-hmm. And when I walk into a store and I say, "Hey, you need to buy you need to buy this from our distributor, and you need to get a a ton or two or whatever and bring it in," what kind of dirt bag would not go in there and buy it from that small business? That's my right. thing. Yeah. I'm gonna, just going to go in there. I'm going to get it. I got a distributor right down the road. I go down. I write him a check. Right. Usually about six bags a month. I bring them home. Put them in my feed band and and that's it you know i mean that's awesome yeah I, you you guys know just as well as i do that that integrity is going to be 99 percent of your business profile and if it's i'm a relationship yeah exactly because that's the only thing my way then there's no sense of me even being here yeah yeah that, I'm, I'm the same way like now i will say that if somebody has some great idea sometimes that i'm not really interested in I'm like, you go ahead and send me one of those and I'll check it out. <laughs> you know what I mean? But <laughs> I if that. I use it, I'm I'm like, all right, I gotta do something. I feel bad. But there's an old boy that gave me a Garmin antenna, which I use dog trim most of the time, but he gave me an antenna. It's a collapsible thing that he designed or whatever. And I hope he's listening to this. Send me an email. And buddy, you might want to look at these two. They're really good antennas. But, uh, you know, I, I go to these events and everyone's like, try this and get this guy on the podcast yeah. and do this and do that. You guys get it too. And, uh, I took it. I forgot who gave it to me. Uh, <laughs> so if you're listening, Cole, Cole McVeigh is using it down in Texas right now. He loves it. And so, yeah, if you, what does it look like? It's huge. It's like, like a Yagi. It's, it's big, but it, it's got joints in it where you can fold it up. Are, is it, are you familiar with a Yagi antenna is like a directional antenna? Did, yes. did you ever, did you hunt with, with tra- uh, telemetry? Oh yeah. Yeah. I hunted with the old Johnsons and, and the dog tras. I was it yeah. or no, Inatex. Remember the Inatex that mm-hmm. slid in the tube? Yeah. Uh, that was my first tracking system. Uh, okay. We could never afford one whenever I was young. <laughs> I can tell when you're talking about Inotech. I'm... Yeah. We had an Inotech. The Inotech was the first Buddy's one I bought. But where I, I was like 19 and had a job and finally got an Inotech. But yeah, it, this was this is not like the ones where you undo the screws and fold them up or anything. Okay. Like that. It was real easy to collapse. It had a little rubber band around it. All you do is just take it. It's kind of like uh, the kids' snap bracelets. Okay. Oh, we've... We have them. 
Yeah. Or yeah, something maybe, like that. Like the, yeah, the Lisa Frank the bracelets, guy. right? This Tape measures the, with coverings on them. Yeah, basically. yeah, exactly. Yeah. It was like a year and a half ago that he showed me this and he designed it. And I'm like, yeah, I'll try it out. And then I I forgot who it was. So I can <laughs> Time so too. this is a homework episode. We got to find a big uh, a call. Yeah, and we got to find. I don't want to take that guy's. I don't want to take that guy's mojo. But we just discontinued. We got a bunch of them. And discontinued. Because I well, wasn't too impressed with them. Worth the shit, and I just thought they were. <laughs> <laughs> we have some guys that love them. You know, mm-hmm. the, it, it, when you were talking about. Um, people, I was just thinking. I got those antenna stories. <laughs> you know what I mean? My oh, antenna yeah. stories are. And I don't, I don't want to discourage people from coming up with new products or stuff, but I may not be the guy worth testing because I can't even remember an hour ago that someone yeah. called who gave me an something. antenna. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll give you a holler back. And then I never call back. I'm that guy. Yeah. But the, the problem with antennas is there's so much subjective about a lot of them, you know, cause like mm-hmm. I had those and I don't know if it's the same one or not, but. Yeah. We called it the tactical flip or whatever, blah, 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 you know. And it wasn't one that I was excited to bring on. It was just one that I seen. You're talking about promotion and social media. Right. You know? I'm like, I'd seen it promoted a couple times. And I'm like, maybe it's cool. Maybe it's not. I don't, I don't really, I'm getting to the point where I'm just kind of like old school. I'm like, man, I don't want to look for the newest gadget yeah. shit. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, but as a business owner, you know, I'm like, God, I, if I don't, then we get behind where it's like, oh, you got this new thing over here and this new flash over here, and everybody's trying to figure out this new flash. You know it's what I mean? Live on hype, yeah, yeah, oh, and yeah. and it's, and it's frustrating. Result. But those are the same guys. This is what blows my mind that are still hunting an Astro three twenty. Oh yeah, like we we gotta have every color option or antenna or this or that, but we're running fifteen year old technology. I had know? a guy. I was at one of my. It, he he used to deal joy dog food. He's got like a a tool shop. He sells some black gold. He sells some dog boxes. But he's a coyote hunter, mm-hmm. and uh, he's got he's got running walkers and stuff. Good dude. And uh, I was at his shop the other day, and I just had to pick up some odds and ends stuff. And some guy come in. He's a Garmin dealer, I think. And uh, guy comes in with a, some DC thirties, and he's like, "Hey, this deal here ain't working." And Sean, who, who owns the place, he's like, hey, you know anything about this? I'm like, not for about eight years, I haven't. Yeah. <laughs> I, said, yeah. I, I said, I didn't know those things were still existed. You know, I don't. Oh, man. He's going to have to get a different one. Best I can tell you. <laughs> yeah. It, but yeah, so that it, it's like, it's so unique sometimes. Yeah. And we're just that social media, everybody wants that new mousetrap. and. Yep. And I'm not saying that that mouse deck next mousetrap isn't out there. Like, I'm not saying that, you know, you, you can't find that next mousetrap, like, yep. but it's not as easy as sometimes people make it think, you know what I mean? And that's the hard part is there's marketing and, and you can market a mousetrap, but to actually let a mousetrap sell itself is, is really difficult. And so sometimes yep. like for that antenna, I just got mixed reviews where one guy's like, Oh, I love it. And the next guy's like, man, I can't get more than, you know, 400 yards with it. And, and if I can't see a consistency on it, then I'm like, I just want to be honest with people. And I'm like, you know, that's, you know, some of the other antennas, not all ideas work. You know, I've come up with a few bad ones 
Everybody has. You know, you just. I've come up with a, bu- a bunch, only a few. A bunch of them. <laughs> but you also got to take your lumps and realize when it's a bad idea. It's just like a dog. There's a time to quit on a dog in our sport. Mm-hmm. And you got to figure out when you, that dog may have all kinds of certain bells and whistles that you like, but something's going to keep it from winning big. And yeah. the longer you deny that, the the farther behind you get. Yeah. Some dogs got a gas tank that just don't make it. And it's the same with products, but then there's other yeah. products. That's what gets me is you look at our industry. Like I love your guys's branding as far as joy does from a yeah. marketing standpoint, yeah, business standpoint, like yeah. I follow you guys because I, yeah. I like it, but it's like that kind of vintage feel and everything's kind of like <clears throat> making that comeback. Yeah. Like I think of Mark Zepp and, yep. and Zepp's, you know, briar proof clothing. Like it's yep. all, he said he had a bunch of stuff from when he worked with Wick and like yep. just pieced all of it together and, and came up with, you know, it's a lot more rebranding than it is reinventing. Right. And, and sometimes that's knows, all it everybody takes. Everybody knows that name. Yeah, mm-hmm. of course. Mark's, Mark's a friend of mine. I enjoy visiting Mark. I'll see him here in about a week at Auto Motes. Lucky and you. Mark's a, Mark's a sharp dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but Mark's, uh, he's getting to the point now where, you know, he don't have to do all this stuff. Mm-mm. You know, but you know, the dog boxes came out. He makes a fantastic dog box too, by the way. They're really and, nice. Uh, yeah. His wife went to, I believe his wife that worked, she worked Diamond for Diamond Owens. Or Owens, 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 Owens. Yeah. But yeah, she, I mean, they're good folks, good people. And they've made a living off being able to market the coon hunters and hound sports and stuff like that. And so that's someone we ought to maybe look up to and emulate a little bit because, you know, Mark's doing well. Mark's done well for a long time. And he took whatever Wick had and either improved it or, or rebranded it or done whatever and done a good job. He's been around a long time. You know yeah. what I mean? Like when you, oh, yeah. he's not flashy. He doesn't have Facebook. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? He, Mark he, was a competitor of mine when I had Big Show Game Call. He came yeah. Out, when I came out with my pinnacle, he came out with a two piece call too, and I was just like, "Oh." Is he? Is he the the what was the other? What was the was name? He the, the rattle box? No, he <laughs> wasn't the rattle box. He wasn't the rattle box. And I actually, because me and Mark have a relationship a little bit, you know, and I would see Mark, I'd be like, "Dude, what? What the f? What is this?" Yeah, and he'd be like, "You know, I'm just doing what Mark Zepp does." And Mark, and he made it. It was a good call, like the rattle box one. Uh, Mark made a good call and he made it, it was CNC acrylic, which is a good material and, and they were good to look at and they're easy in the eyes. And, but he they're had pretty. the ability to package it better, to distribute it better, to do things better than I did. And so he sold a bunch of them and mm-hmm. kudos yeah. to him. I'm not mad at him for it. Uh, but yeah, Mark, Mark done a good job with them and he still does. I think I'm guarantee you when I go out to Richmond, Indiana here in about 10 days, Mark's going to be out there. We'll visit. I'll say hi, be nice to see you, and I will see his coon squalor in just about every single booth out there. Yeah. You do it at dusupply.com. There you go. <laughs> you can get it right there at dusupply.com. Let me just plug I'll that plug in it. there real I'll quick. I'll plug it too. <laughs> but Mark's been around for the long haul. Like I think of him as an example. I've said this a hundred yeah. times, I'm sure. As a as a young guy that got into this, I didn't have like Mark was not my Garmin rep, and I always wanted to because I knew his reputation and I knew how long yep. he'd been around. And luckily through W, I was able to actually meet him and build a relationship with him. And it's been really cool because guys like that, guys like yourself, guys like Buddy, that have gone through and weathered the storm, the first storm. I mean, there's lots of them that keep coming, but 
it's really cool to see how all that works, like the machine, right? That makes yep. everything go. Yep. See, and I'm the outsider because I didn't have any of that. I'm like, who the hell is this Mark dude? <laughs> you know what I mean, Mark. <laughs> What's Tet, a Mark podcast? <laughs> yeah, and and uh, yeah, exactly. Like, coming into it, I, I mean, I came from the the big game world. Yep. You know what I mean? And you guys in that autumn Oaks and the competition and, and Mark is heavy and you know, I don't say heavy in that, but that's where he's, he's got a big name coming from Wix outdoors and he's meant those he shows. And so work. I mean, he took about every magazine yeah, cover photos. He, he used to take good photos yeah, and stuff. And, and I mean, he just got a lot of history there that I had zero. I mean, I, I yep. just had zero. Like I would, look up on him on the internet that was my that was my research was like <laughs> he's got a, a little half-ass shitty website you know yeah, what i mean there's like, no who? phone number on that website let me tell you oh yeah he's smart <laughs> he hides one that of the times when i realized that i had made it um and i haven't made it yet i'm still <laughs> still struggling every day but when i thought maybe i've made it uh mark zeff was at and applebee's is the big thing in salem indiana or Salem, Illinois, during the PKC World Hunt. Right. Everybody goes to Applebee's. The handlers all get ignorant, and they hit on the waitresses and then Applebee's because it's the only place that stays open for us, you know, after the late round even. Sure. <laughs> and uh, it's probably the most profitable Applebee's on the planet because nobody <laughs> One night a year. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And uh, Mark was sitting down with, I think it was Jerry Mall and uh and a few others at a table and i'd walked into applebee's and mark waved at me hey josh how's it going and i was like holy crap here <laughs> right. i am i've arrived <laughs> you know, I made I'm, it. I'm done i'm a big deal <laughs> i got beat in the early round i was getting ready to go drink a bunch of beer and drown my sorrows away you know but, <laughs> but then you I felt pretty good mark whatever up. mark zips that eye so that's cool yeah so, so i felt too Yep. So that ties us into like you and the competition stuff. Like, uh, cause I just have no, like we talked a little bit on this other podcast that we, we recorded for you, but explain that. Cause we, I know one of the things that we talked about and people can listen on your podcast. I don't just, just rehash all that stuff, but how you handle a dog and the individual side in competition, mm -hmm. like what we look for in our big game hounds and the pack mentality and stuff you were describing how you don't want that. You, I mean, tell me what you do with a pup to, you know, not to talk, to get talking about fun stuff, but let's talk yeah. about a dog for a minute. What, what kind of dog are you looking for when, when you're doing that competition stuff? Um, most of the dogs that we hunt, we've either bred, raised or trained or all three. And so that's really important for us. I mean, we have, we have to have all the things that you guys have, for the most part. We have to have track talent. We have to have a lot of heart. I mean, tons of heart. We have to have a dog that ignores all the distractions around it and all that stuff. But then we add an extra layer with that in a dog that has to be alone. It has to make a point of being away from dogs and treating its own game and running its own track and... I don't know how many hunts that I've been to in the last 10 years. It's in the hundreds, maybe thousands. I don't know. But a majority of these guys that are winning, I can take a, a dog that's two years old and I can walk it within a hundred yards of another dog that's just treat every breath that just makes it sound like they're, they're just looking at something. 
and I can unsnap that dog and it will go right by it and mm. never pick its head up and go to that tree. And we that have to a, have that. So not even that on a, a track. You're talking like there's I'm no honoring, not like no. they have the track and they're just going to do their yeah. own thing. A dog that will go to another dog treed when it's unsnapped is a no-no. We absolutely can't have it because that tree's probably closed. Uh, right. We can do nothing there but draw minus points. And so... <laughs> So yeah, how do no you reward. do that? So so how do you how do you train that? Like we we take the pack mentality <clears> out <throat> when they're babies. Uh, that dog gets isolated at six six weeks old, seven weeks old. Mm-hmm. Uh, the day it's weaned, uh, it's not with its litter mates. It's not with anybody but me. Uh, I'm the pack. Right. Dad's the pack. And so we'll take that pup. Uh, I don't even like puppies playing together when they're weaned. I don't like it. I don't like a pup that will see another pup out in the yard and run to it. Uh, that's not going to be my pick out of the litter. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want a pup that's over here off by itself. I want a pup that's ignoring all the barking and yipping, all that stuff. And we're going to take that dog that's got just a little bit of natural tendency to be alone. And, mm-hmm. and none of them are born that way. People will say, oh, he was a born loner. He was a dead loner. I've not seen any that that's the case. The ones that I've seen are made that way, either through accident or on purpose. Uh, we'll take that pup, and the owner is the pack. Uh, I'm the pack. Uh, we do everything with it by itself for a long time. And then we'll tr- we'll introduce that dog into other dogs. Uh, I start all my dogs with old dogs, with dogs that are seasoned and finished and all that stuff. And uh, we just won't reward them under any circumstances if they're with another dog. I don't hmm. care if they did it first and the other dog covers or if if they cover or whatever. You know, if I have a seven-month-old pup that is first time in the dark and it backs the old dog and trees every breath and does everything right, uh, it's not getting rewarded for any of that. And these dogs are smart. Uh, we've, we've bred these dogs for so long now that they have a level of, of intelligence that uh, we underestimate a lot, and they'll pick it up. You right. know, if, you just, if you just enforce it and you do it right, they'll pick it up and they'll, they will make a point to be alone, but that's also repetition. Something. Yes. I mean, how many times do you have to like on a general pup, how many times do you have to give that last breath? <laughs> no. But I mean, so, so do you put them in a situation where there is another dog treat and yep. you're testing them? You have yeah, to just kick them loose with a dog yep. treat. And no, you have to, uh, one of the biggest myths in competition coon hunting is if you want a dog to be alone, you hunt it alone. That's the worst thing that you can do with a dog. I will take a pup and I'll turn it loose with an old dog until it's really going hunting good. Uh, and it's gone the whole time. It may be at the trees. It may be off doing its own thing, whatever. And then I'll single that pup out and then I'll take that pup out and I'll turn it loose by itself. Cause we still got to gauge the talent. Yeah. Uh, you still got to see whether that dog's got trackability, whether that dog's a, a good locating dog, you know, whether it locates the right tree, if it's a quick tree dog, all that stuff. And you get them good at tree and coons by themselves, and then you put them back in a crowd because you can't work on them unless you, unless you put them in a crowd. Uh, yeah. A dog, imagine you get dropped on a desert island and you haven't seen anybody for 60 days, and then all of a sudden you hear a party over the hill. Uh, right. You're going over there. Going right. to the party. Yes. That sounds... <laughs> and then dad's going to come in and I mean, really, I mean, you're restarting me by the ear. 
Well, like just imagine imagine you're going to that party and you just get about to the keg and your dad <laughs> comes and he ties you back and you got to watch everybody else drink. Right. It would make me want to drink more. That's my problem. I want right? to get there next well, time. You would be, be a thousand. Thousand. <laughs> It'd be a little faster next time if I just get a little bit sooner. Yeah. Get out of Tritronics <laughs> range. Fast enough. But well, yeah, I mean, I was... it, and you enforce it forever. It never yeah. goes away. And you can take it out of them way easier than you can put it in them. Uh, Con is right here laying next to me in the bed. He's eight years old. Uh, he was four i think when i quit putting him in hunts because he got a little cast tail but i never treat him for less than first tree in three in three and a half years he was always by himself and he's eight years old now he's over here living the good life and he aggravates me to death but so what um that brings me to another question what makes a dog age out in your game you know what i mean like yeah at eight, nine, ten, I could see them being slow, and and maybe it's just my ignorance. But I'm like, our, our dogs are firing at five. You know what I mean? Like yep. they, like five six is prime time. A young dog is too. You know what I mean? You guys are hunting. Yeah. You're you're what, what's winning? You're over night there? championed what? out. Um, we start putting them in hunts usually around a year old, and okay. they're that's the most accurate a dog's going to be is that a year old when they first start training coons and they first get them in there but as what you do you put, mean accurate what do you, what you explain uh, that? Th- when when a dog's young and they first start training coons by themselves, they're going to have a coon in every tree they don't know how to gamble they don't know how to slick yet oh, yeah they don't okay. they don't know how to take a chance uh because my little bastards you're, you're, you're telling me something now. i'm like you <laughs> little son of a bitch i'm kicking dog's ass right now you're like you're getting older and you're gambling but go ahead it's i'm sorry true. to cut you off they're getting it lazy is, is what happens yeah. well and they they, just... the tree is a reward no matter how we do it uh there's no way to take that out making that tree is a reward and it yeah. just takes one time for a dog to say say it's a layup coon that hasn't been on the ground yet and the dog bangs around that tree a little bit and he finally falls treat on it and he has it Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a big, big proponent, especially where we are, where there's a lot of coons of, of knocking coons out the dogs. And, uh, you reward that dog with a coon when he gets there. And now that dog has got it in his mind. You know, I can take a chance every now and then and dad's mm-hmm. going to be happy. And so they uh-huh. start missing a little bit. And so that's one aspect. Uh, dogs, as they get older, sometimes tend to be less accurate, but not always. Some dogs are trailing type dogs that have to have a track to tree a coon and some dogs aren't, but so- mostly it's the travel. It's the, it's the different areas, it's the different places, it's the different dogs. And then you take a dog where we train it how to be alone, and it gets in a, in a cast where dogs are covering. And our dogs, um, there's no good way to put this, but they'll fight a little bit at a tree. Because mm-hmm. they know that if that dog comes in there, they're not going to get rewarded. Because we don't shoot a coon out with two dogs there unless it's a young dog that needs to see you know, the old dog get rewarded and him fight back. Sure, and so right. they get tired of doing that. They get tired of fighting when dogs come into them. They get tired of, it's the male's dogs usually. The females usually will go 8, 9, 10. <laughs> Some of the great females are 11, 12 years old and still win it. You know, and you never get blamed for a fight. That's why you exactly. hunt females. <laughs> yes, and females will fight just like the males. Oh, you know it. <laughs> <laughs> Worse. <laughs> but they don't a, get a blamed. Mean, a mean female is, is gold. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, it's... It's a layer that we have to add on that makes it difficult on the dog. And 
I don't know all the answers. There's some guys that can take a washed up male dog, Stevie Ant, for existence, or for uh, example, and Chad Doolin's another guy that takes older dogs. They can take washed up dogs that you thought were done, and the next thing you know, they're winning twenty, thirty thousand dollars a pop with them. I can't hmm. do it. Uh, my partners can't do it. Uh, when I'm done with them, I'm done with them. Uh, they'll live the good life right here in the house, like Con is, and you know it, that'll be it, and we'll move on to something else. But a lot, a lot of the females will win late in their career. Hmm. And yeah. so, what's the fault of the old? You think it's when you say washed out? You think it's? Um, I'm talking to the mic a little bit. Do you think it's? The, the slick tree? I mean, what is it that, that washes them out? The biggest thing is they won't make a tree. The dogs that are washed out, you'll turn them loose for two hours and they'll never get tree. Uh, Con would just quit. He would go. Because there's no trees or just because they can't find because one? Because they don't want to deal with everything that's going on around them. It's old dog you know, when stuff. You, yeah, when you first turn them loose, they're focused on tree and coons. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the minute they're focused on them other dogs uh, or where they're at, or I'm not having any fun. They're just, they're either going to quit. They're going to run and they're not going to get treed. Uh, they're going to, they're going to lose that extra gear that they had to have to win. And hmm. they have to have that extra gear. They got to be focused on tree and coons and move from one tree to another as fast as possible. Cause all our stuff's timed. It's yeah. a time game. You have two hours, sometimes an hour, sometimes 90 minutes, depending on what, you know, registry you're hunting under and an event. But, you got to be quick and efficient, and you can't have downtime. And burned-out dogs have too much downtime. Yeah, because you guys might only get an opportunity to get one or two treed, like score a couple of coons yes. by the time you walk. You know, a tree's got to be declared. It's got to close. Yep. You've got to get to it. you got to get to the next one. You could have a dog treed for 59 minutes. Oh, yeah. Before yeah. you get there, you don't get another shot. So if they're not consistent and they're not accurate, you're hosed. Exactly. And the old yeah. dog thing... Like, I think we can relate, buddy. I don't know. I'd be curious to what you think, because you've got some older dogs now, right? Like, you're cycling through. Two older dogs, yeah. Right. And what I notice is, like, I've taken dogs that, like, you know what they've been on. You've hunted with them for years. And all of a sudden, the old dog switch flips. And it's like, we're just going to stand here and wait for somebody else to do this. Or They all all hit their limit. Right? It's like... The output, is it worth the reward? In those old dogs, it's a gamble, right? Am I going to do what I know needs done, or am I going to gamble like the slick tree, like you said? Is it there? I'm going to take a chance. Does that pup have it? I'm going to stand here and wait and take a chance. I've seen it a lot with older dogs here, and it's like once they start, I think you can fix it. Somebody can fix it. I don't have the time nor the willingness to do it once you hit that point. That's when you go to your next step in life. That's when you go to some kid wanting to start where that dog can be hunted alone. And I start thinking more like you guys probably do when you're wanting to get like, I want that dog at that point to be so independent that it just, I won't even hunt other dogs right now. I could take him out tonight by himself and tree 10, 12 coon. Mm -hmm. And he would recut and he would do all the things he need to do. He wouldn't have any downtime. He'd move around good. But the minute I drive him five, six hours from the house, and he knows he's in a cast. He's like, oh, wait, nope. Mm, <laughs> I don't really? like this. Yeah, he's done. Hmm. The dogs, yeah, it's funny because they're different. Like they are, I feel personally, they are very different and they are extremely similar yeah. in a lot of ways. The problem yeah, is, yeah. is 
you just got to find the balance. Yeah. And, and you have find to have a dog that's a little short on brains. Little dirt to dirt. Yes. Yeah. I mean, a little, but then th- those dogs are so frustrating. It's almost easier for me to just cycle through a different one every two or three years. Right. You know, and we're not like you guys where we got to have multiple dogs. You know, I can just have two. Mm, I can yeah. have, I can have two dogs and I can compete at any level. And most of these guys, you'll see guys that compete. There's, there's all kinds of guys, like some of the ones I mentioned or something like that. will go through, they just have a good dog and it may be a different one every month. Mm-hmm. And they're really good. The Stollards, uh, that's a family in Ohio that have the same style of dog. And we don't even know the name. You know, <laughs> number one, uh, number two, number three. <laughs> it may be Bill or Joe or George or Sue or whoever. But you know what that dog's going to do because it's a Stollard dog, and they're not bred the same. They're not everything. These guys are such good trainers that they will just, the Dunlaps are the same way. Uh, They'll just have a dog that's going to do the same thing and going to compete, and then there's other guys that have one good dog. And you'll see them until that dog gets seven, eight years old, and then all of a sudden they're not winning anymore, and they disappear. So what's the hardest part? So what is your challenge? What's your biggest challenge in, in that game. um it's hard it's focus you know those- do you think it's so do you think it's hard from the handlers you know what i mean like are you guys just not and i understand why maybe you have to or not but just yeah. from an outsider looking in and and i and i was i'm just wondering in my head i'm like are you guys not making it fun are you guys if it was your your job. son in football and you were like, you got to do football and you get, you know what I mean? You're driving, driving. You, some, yeah. some of those parents drive those kids out. You know what I mean? Like they can be really talented, but at some point when the talent becomes the job and the expectations, you know, people start cutting up. So do you think it's, yeah. is there anybody in the, in the game that, that can still make it fun for the dog and is continuing a, a dog long-term or not? It's just a question. I don't know, but no, I don't, Cause we expect so much of it and we expect more than the dog capable of long-term. Mm-hmm. I mean, we really do. It is on yeah. us, yeah. but that's also the game. You know, I, I have to have a dog that is ready to compete. If I want to compete in sophomore super stakes and PKC, uh, at 16 months old to 19, 20 months old or whatever, 14 months old to 20 months old or however the super stakes lays, that dog's got to be ready to go tree coons and be alone and do all the things that I need to do. Yeah. And so if that dog's not capable of that, we're going to find the one that is. And that's no fault on the dog. Uh, The breeders are doing a really good job of making these dogs, you know, available to us. But, you know, that dog will be great in the hands of somebody else, but it ain't going to be great in the hands of me. And so we just, that's the decision that you have to make with these young dogs. Uh, Do we want to move them on? And the, the real hard work starts on them whenever they're getting ready to get put in a crowd. Say they've treated 30 or 40 coons by themselves, and I'm getting ready to put that dog back in the crowd. That's when I decide if I'm going to sell it or if it's going to die at my house. Mm-hmm. Uh, if it's got the talent and it's got everything where I can get, if I can just get two good years out of it, I could win a pile of money. And then I've got two years to develop the next one. And, and we should, and I think that words do on that. I think, um, that's probably in in lies the problem with me is I view and, and a lot of people probably on the big game side view that competition in the 
um, I, I can't think of what the word is, but I, I don't hunt for competition. I, mm-hmm. I hunt for the enjoyment of it. There's a word people use for it, but pleasure yeah. hunting, pleasure hunting. There you go. Yep. I hunt for the pleasure. Whereas you're hunting for competition and it's, it's like you're, you're requiring a dog to do much different for yep. you. And, and he so wants an those employee, things, you want a hunting buddy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, really, that's what it boils down yeah. to. Like, and, and again, I think in the podcast, the last podcast, I said, if, if it was a fairy tale, if it was a Disney, you guys would be the, <laughs> the, 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 the evil yeah. you know, stepsister. Yeah. But yeah. give the credit where it's due, because I will say this, and I'm telling you, there are a lot of people out there that, A, you've never seen a coon dog. Yeah. Hands down. Just like you've never seen a bear dog. You have never seen a cat dog. You've never seen a varmint dog. Because I was that guy for a long time. And when you see an example of a true game-specific dog, yep. whether it can do others or not, but it excels. Man, a real coon dog, I will say a lot of big game hunters, they look at coon as garbage I, mm-hmm. I mean that's just the fact that's a trainer that's easy you know that's nothing well yeah if you're going out and you're setting a dog up on a coon yes in theory it's a lot of scent it's a hot track it's easier to locate than let's yep. say a bobcat in my humble opinion but you're setting it up you aren't asking that dog to go through a 50 yard thick pile of blackberries and then swim a slough yep. by himself to do what you guys are asking and it, I don't know if everybody's picked up on this, but we're hunting for trucks. Yeah. We're hunting for $100,000 now. Like you guys, when you say you're hunting big money, like that is not subject. Like we're no. talking real money. And you've said it before in a podcast. I can't remember if it was on Houndsman XP or if it was on, on Joys. But you were talking about there are the dog that's tied up behind the shed that's going to go to town and win is not around anymore. No, they don't like it, which is crazy for us to think because we all want to put our own limits on it. I think, and I I was guilty of it too, until I got into a little bit of competition hunting that I could here on the West coast, but like, you're not going to drag a dog. You're not going to take big Jim, drive him out to autumn Oaks and win. Like it's just astronomical odds. We'll say they haven't seen it. You know, they haven't seen it. And I've always said that um, tree and a coon behind the house is pretty low on the bar of things we need a dog to do. Just tree and a coon is some of the easiest things that a coon dog can do. The act of tree and a coon yeah, is I can, not I can difficult. take one of my pups. I've got a litter coming here in about three or four weeks. And I can turn it loose right here at my house. And I can just let it run. And eventually it's going to treat her. I, I, can, I don't have to do nothing to it. I can put mm-hmm. a collar on it. I can worm it. I can turn it loose. It's going to treat coon, but it's not going to do it the way I want to do it. Not at that. You level. know, it's not going to do it eight hours from the house in Kentucky, or in Tennessee, or in Texas, or West Virginia, or some of them places. And it's not going to do it in a crowd. And it, there's there's so many layers to it that people don't understand. And these dogs have to be exposed to all that as they get older and as they mature. And you have to be gradual in the pace about how you do it. Otherwise, you don't even know what you have. Yeah, yeah. you may have a gut. Duds yeah. is a perfect example. He just passed here three or four months ago. He's 13 years old and probably the most talented coonhound I've ever owned. And he was a train wreck half the time in a cast. Half the time he'd beat everybody so bad they would quit before the hunt was over. 
And half the time he'd be such a mess that I would quit before the hunt was over. <laughs> <laughs> Roll the dice. We don't know what today. But I would get people at my house and I would go snap him in the yard and, and they would just ooh and awe about how great this dog was. And I'm like, he's not that good. I was like, go turn him loose in a strange spot where he hasn't ate for a week because he don't like being on the road. And yeah, you know, there, there's just there, we just add layers to it, just like any other competition does with the bird dogs and the retrievers and the beagles. They add layers to make it so much more difficult to do well. And then that's who you figure out who your champions are. Hmm. And then we play the other part of that, I think, because we're not talking $35 club hunts anymore. Right. You know, I used to drive five hours to go to a. We had to go to Grand Champion or um, Mini Slams so we could run UKC registered and champion dogs. Yep. And we still might only have two dogs on cast. Yep. I mean, you drive five hours. I'd have to leave work early, get up there. You got dogs that just get pulled out of a box in time to go dump them in the woods. And then you're going to hunt them till two in the morning, check in at the clubhouse, get a couple hours sleep. And then they're going to sit around all day doing nothing. Yep. But it was 35 bucks. Like, exactly. You don't even win your gas money. And now, I mean, what's the top entry fee right now? Uh, 7,300. So Jesus. don't, I don't want people talking about that's what you got to pay to that's play to get in the Standard. door. Uh, mo- there's, there's 10, 10, probably $6,500 hunts per year. Uh, there's probably 20, $2,500 hunts. Uh, all the truck hunts are a $1,200 entry. You know, these are, these guys, the investment's are, huge. Yes. And these guys will have someone like an Ike Rainey or a Gerald Yoder or somebody where they hire handlers and they pay the entry and the handler gets half and they get a wage or whatever. Uh, but these guys want to win. They don't want, they're not going to spend, you know, $30,000 on five entries because they're out there to lose. They're going to get the best dogs on the planet. And Spice Girl, for instance, just she's seven years old and she sold for $75,000. You know, wild. Yes. So these guys want to win. They're going to have the best dogs available. And then you got to take something like myself who has to raise it right here at the house. And I got to compete with those guys. And that's hard to do. And so you got to have a special animal to do it. Yeah. I can imagine you, you belly up to the. To the black buying a table. hunting truck, man. Like yeah. basically, you're paying for my hunting rig for the next three years on a chance. Oh yeah, at one hunt, which is, but I mean, what are you going to win? Hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars, a brand new yeah. Ford pickup. I mean, like, my thing is, is I just want everybody to understand, as someone who's done a little bit of both. Yeah, it is not easy to be a competition coon hunter. I am not cut out for it. I've done it. We've made some a night champion. We almost knighted out another one. I've traveled. I've done some of that, but Holy cow, like the investment, I can dedicate time. I can't dedicate, you know, if you want to get in the game right now, Josh, what is someone going to have to spend? If you want to say right now, autumn Oaks is coming up in, in a week and a half. I want to buy a dog. That's going to win it. You're going to spend 50 to a hundred thousand dollars. Oh yeah, that that you had that has a better than twenty five percent chance of winning. It's going to cost you at least fifty grand. To Plus have your a, entry fee. To have a ten percent chance of winning it, you're looking at twenty grand. And your handler fee. Yeah. Your entrance fee, your travel fees. Like these guys so, are on the road. So are these guys gamblers? Week. I mean, are you guys. I mean, what is this? Hell yeah. Like, <laughs> yes, they are. They hedge I mean, bets. It's just, it's just like horse racing. 
You know, these right. guys, these guys that have these big stables and they don't know how to ride a damn horse. You know, but the good thing about our sport easy is- now. You're gonna piss people off. You know, the, you know, the W yeah, podcast. We're on our we podcast be- now. Yeah. Easy. We most, can't be- most I most piss people are- off. You can't have the guests pissing people off too. It's too much, Josh. <laughs> too much. I okay. Before I could finish my sentence. <laughs> <laughs> most of these guys are hunters. You know, Ike Rainey loves coon hunt. Uh, John Strickland, who's been on a big streak, he handles his own dogs a lot of times. Big streak. You know, he, he's got a stable of handlers as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gerald Yoder, one of the nicest people I've ever met. You know, he hired all the burdens, you know, the whole family and they hunt for Gerald. And most of these guys are coon dog men too, but they don't, they've got successful businesses. They've got, you know, lives, they've got multi-million dollar companies to run. They don't have time to go out and get a coon dog ready. But, but this is their play. This is their, that's their play. This now. is their Vegas. If, if yes. you, and, 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 yeah. I don't know if that's the right way of saying it, but this is their, this is a little gambling deal, you know, yeah. and you can this gamble their, on a small their, level. Yeah. And they like to see their name in lights. They like to see, you know, owned by Heather Island, owned by Ike Rainey, owned by John Strickland. Mm-hmm. You know, they like to see that too. And that's great because it's good for guys like me who is selling, you know, a dog that I don't think was going to quite make it. That was close. You yeah. know, that was a $2,500 dog uh, six, seven years ago. You know, I'd, I'd put a dog up for twenty five hundred. I'd sell it quick. Uh, now they're ten grand. They're fifteen grand. They're twenty grand. Whatever. And so I can take Angel out here. She's eleven months old, and maybe I don't want to do the work to put her in a crowd. Maybe she's going to win big. Uh, I want to start on my next project. I can get my money out of her now. Mm-hmm. I couldn't back then. You know, yeah. I couldn't. You know, I was just doing it for love of the game. You know, ten years ago. Now I can actually make a good. Talk, we we're talking about side hustles earlier. Uh, selling started dogs is a good side hustle for a, a guy that likes to train. That knows how to do it, huh? Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes sense. And like I said, it, it, the, the money aspect, most people aren't running around. With that said, we're, we're driving, we're, we're dumping that much, you know, big game side. Yeah. Like for fuel. You look oh, at yeah, it and go, man, just as much as we do. We just do it in different ways. We don't get a payoff. <laughs> like yeah. our payoff I mean, is not with dollars. <laughs> how many how many game dogs on average does a big game hunter have? Say a guy wants to li- run lions, you know, out west. What? How many dogs are you going to have? Eight, ten, twelve? I say six to ten usually. Yeah, depends. Uh, you know, if 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 you're doing it as a business, yeah, you got to be six to eight because you got to yep. be able to. You, you got to. It's the it's the lows that take out dogs. You know what I mean? Like you lose a couple dogs or whatever. Um, if you're not careful and you're too tight, you know, you only got three dogs. One wreck is going to really set you back. So, um, yeah, but there's there's guys that do our sport with one dog that lives in their house. They don't even have kennel. Yeah. You know, they're not paying, they're not paying to feed a pack, to worm a pack, to, to house a pack, to do all that stuff that you guys do. They're not, destroying you know two trucks a year going through the mountains and all that stuff you know we're all spending the same amount of money we're just spending in a different way yeah recoup it at the end we just dump it in the gas tank and be like well where'd that money go <laughs> see you got to get smart like me and josh because i just saw his new hunting rig oh yeah smart man oh i love them things that's the fourth one i've had and i've been looking for another good one we can't find them rust that aren't rusted out around here dude i just had one down the road for sale like for 2500 bucks you want yeah. one i'll make a trip out and deliver I'll it, it. 
Don't tell Stuart. He wants yeah, them too. I gave forty two hundred for this one and was happy to do it. Hmm. He, it's a tracker, right? Or is it a mm -hmm. sidekick? No, it's a tracker. And I just got my. I used to hunt out of a four door sidekick, and then I got this ninety six tracker convertible, which yeah. you can fit six dogs in the back of it. It's that I did not know. <laughs> oh, dude, yeah, you can fit six dogs in the back, but when they strike, because if you open the sunroof, right, yeah. and your buddy holds it halfway up, it's like this big induction. It just funnels oh, that yeah. air right down, and they will blow your eardrum out when it hits. <laughs> That's another thing. We don't allow ours to bark in the box, whether yeah. they strike something or not. But 28 miles a gallon through the mountains, oh, I will yeah. tell you, kept me going through this and uh, they will go Biden anywhere. gas Because I drive to every tree. Either on a four wheeler side by side. <laughs> now you got the, all in that's one. The, that's the only way we can get dogs ready is we can't let them sit on a tree for twenty minutes because I mean, you know I've got two three hours to hunt a night, right? Yeah. And I've got to get up. I got to work tomorrow. I got kids. I got to get school. I got all this stuff. And so if I'm getting ready for an event, I've got I can't spend all night walking. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And I drive no. those sidekicks to and and trackers and whatever to every, people would be amazed at the places I can get those things. See, I was telling Jason and I was talking to another guy and I was like, we need to make a, a podcast on health and fitness and how to mix in health and fitness. And one of yeah. the tips was to not drive to the tree. Not one of the tips was to park about, you know, weren't we just talking about 400 that? yards? You know what I mean? Like if, if you can get close, if you can get 200 yards of tree, park 400. You know what I mean? Just walk that extra 200. You're over there like, I get right in there. Shit, five yards right here. Boom. Yeah. Here's the funny part is we got to stay in, because we'll walk in a, in say in a pro sport hunt where the cast has to stay together. Mm -hmm. uh, most of my casts are anywhere from five uh, all the way up to nine miles. And you're talking in boots, chaps, best loaded Cowboy down here, all that five stuff. to nine miles, five to yeah. nine miles in two hours. Or usually by the time you get the dogs gathered up and tree scored and everything, it's two and a half hours. Okay. I mean, it's a nonstop hard hike because it's time and you really want to hustle. Mm -hmm. right. And so, uh, you know, we try to stay in pretty good shape, but then we'll get like me and Finley will be hunting together and. We may got up and jogged four miles that morning, but we're not going to walk 50 yards of that dog. We're going <laughs> to tear something up or get the buggy stuck trying to get right to the tree, you know? So I don't know. It's kind of <laughs> defeats the purpose, but I know I had to, I had to eat a little crow because I took buddy's advice. Cause when he said that, I'm like, forget that. I'm getting as close as I can. I don't yeah. want dog fights. I don't, you know, like luckily I have dogs that have not had issues, but. All it takes is one, and you got yep. young dogs. So I'm like, I'm yep. getting there as fast as I can. Well, I did go bear hunting the other night, and I did walk an extra half mile just because. So yep. thanks to you, buddy. It's nothing to get at the end of these hunts, and dogs are spread out at the end, and where there's no leash lock, and they'll be two and a half miles apart. And one and dog, had... yeah, one dog's treat in as you're just getting out of hearing of it. And then you walk another mile to the dog that was treed in before it, and then the hunt's over. Well, that dog that was two and a half miles away, we still got to score it. And so we yeah. got to hoof it, turn around, walk two and a half miles back to that dog. That's why most of these hunts are held in flat places, because otherwise we would <laughs> cut out half the damn population of coon hunters if we yeah. wanted to do it. Wow. No, I, that's interesting. I, I... <laughs> Even here, like the coon hunts, because we ran out of Mary's Peak. Mm -hmm. in uh, Corvallis area. And even on those, like you'd go down, if you made a drop, we were fortunate. We had pretty much two spots, but I mean, at least we had two, 
but you were walking two miles at a drop yep. and then trying to get to another one because you'd already hunted it out yeah. in less than an hour. You know, we were hunting yeah. two hours with two drops and you're, you know, yeah. five, five, six miles maybe. Yeah. But That's the thing about our dogs with these big money events. You got to have such big blocks because we can't spot hunt. The little hunts, you'll spot hunt. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'll go, you'll trick. What, what do you mean spot hunt? What? You'll like go, you'll turn all four dogs loose. Um, in the little hunts, a lot of dogs will cover. Everything will be on the same tree. Uh, say a local UKC event or even some of the small PKC events and all the dogs will be on the same tree. You'll score that tree. You'll call timeout. You'll walk back to the truck. You'll drive to another spot, turn them loose again. Whereas in the larger events, um, and the events that I usually partake in, we never hunt more than one spot. I mean, we get, you got to have large tracks of ground, uh, because these dogs are going to scatter out. It's like you said, just time getting to the tree, you'd burn your entire hunt up in one one drop. Yes. And an hour hunt, which is what PKC has through the week, you know, Monday through Thursday night, most of the hunts are only 60 minutes. And, you know, a dog that'll strike for a hundred out of the truck and trail in there two miles deep running junk or just babbling or whatever and get treated at the end of the cast. A lot of times these other dogs don't have time to treat two coons. Mm -hmm. And so those dogs are hard to beat in an hour. But you'll still be you'll still be hoofing your guts out for that hour because these dogs to two spot hunt the dogs have to be together, and at the level that we're hunting at, they're just not, and so you can't really spot hunt, which makes it harder. Yeah, I mean that's yeah, why you, you guys have, want that deep and lonely. Yes, and that's kind of going away a little bit. Um, those dogs that cover because now that pro sports came about and they're viable, and pkc has changed some rules and stuff you got you got to be the first or second dog treed or your odds of winning that cast drop considerably uh, you have to, yes and so Circle we points we're, don't we're win starting anymore. to get to where we want that dog that covers out of the truck and we we've got to where now we don't correct our dogs or we don't tie our dogs back uh, we don't reward them or anything but say if i cut loose uh three dogs and i'm just pleasure hunting and they all pile on a real hot coon out of the truck I don't do nothing. Uh, I just leash them up, walk them, recut them. We don't get onto them. We don't do nothing to them because you've got to be that first or second dog tree. And if someone trees a coon on you out of the truck, you can't pout around and spend waste time trying to go get your tree. You know, so that's changing a little bit. What about this? Because I caught myself and I had to get real honest about dogs when we were competition hunting them. Cause I thought you had to help that dog. You know, the, the misnomer is it's all handlers. It's all yeah. handlers. And I'm not going to say a good handler is going to be really hard to beat hands down. It's happened to me. I drove a long freaking ways to get beat by a handler. I mean, yeah. we had a coon. It was one of those situations where like the dog was, my dog was not treed five seconds before the end of the hunt. Someone declared I did not mine had the coon in the end. And I heard the yeah. dog move, but I had told myself if I'm driving this far and I'm putting this on this dog, I'm going to let him hunt and I'm mm-hmm. going to call the dog the way it is. That's why you, you get in your own game. What was that? <laughs> That's why you lost. <laughs> That's why I lost. Exactly. Exactly. Cause I could, if I would have called it, I don't even think we would have, I think we still would have been 25 under to, to yep. win, but it, it's such a different thing. And then your head starts playing games and you start yep. jumping the gun and you're trying to put this on you as a handler too. I don't know. Maybe it's like that business thing. It's like, you're trying to take it from pleasure to be here, yep. but you got to yep. make that jump. Cause those guys that do it for a living, man, they can do it in their sleep. Exactly. It's and pretty crazy to watch. 
my theory is it's a team sport. Uh, this is a this is a sport that is fifty percent handler, fifty percent dog. Yeah. Um, I expect to be able to fill some of the holes that my dog has through handling, and I expect my dog to pick me up when I need it. Uh, I don't have any qualms to anybody who tries to pull something in a cast to win, sure. as long as it's reasonable. Um, right. What do you, What do you yeah. mean? I, I, I'm. You guys are losing me here. Like, this sounds like the interest. This sounds like the so cheating like, part. Like, but here, it's not here cheating, buddy, though. Buddy's back in the conversation. Yeah. Like, <laughs> cheating? What, come on. Tell, tell me it's about not this part. cheating. It's just like, for example, right. like, there's rules. And, and I'm Imagine a catcher, a catcher that frames a pitch. Okay, I don't know baseball, but we'll try it. Okay, let's <laughs> imagine a, a catcher. You throw a ball out of the strike zone, and a catcher frames it really well to where he fools the umpire. Okay. That's a good teammate. That's what you want your catcher to do. That's what we're going for. All the major league catchers do it. It's the same way with the handlers. They're going to so bend he- the rules. They're going to they're going to sometimes break the rules if they can get away with it. And it, it is a judge uh, to decide and to be that's why being a firm judge and a good judge is so important in our sport. So but what's yeah, the I, consequence if you get caught? Minus if points. you get caught cheating, you get suspended, you get barred, you're not allowed to come back. Um, okay. But these guys that do this for a living, they can take it right to the edge. And and that's where they, they know what they can get away with. They know what they can't. So, I, I guess, give me an example of what you're um, – it don't have to be what you do, but yeah. what – like, <laughs> what are you guys – if you're a judge, if you're, if you're the judge, if, I, if I'm over there and I'm judging, I'm like, oh, this this Mike, this yeah. Mike guy, you got to watch him. This, this is what – you know, or whoever it is, oh, Jason. Oh, Jason, Jason comes over here. Let's let's watch this guy. This guy likes to call this, and this is how he kind of he pushes the line. Which well, what you need to spend, watch for. I've been a judge, and I've been a handler, and I've been all those things. And as a handler, you spend the whole two hours trying to influence that judge. Okay. You first, you first, you start out as I'm the nicest guy on the planet, and what are your kids doing? And man, that's cool. Your social engineering, salesman, I like man. Yeah, you know your daughter may be two hundred pounds, and I'm going to talk about what a beautiful lady she is. And <laughs> you know, you're you're doing that. You're trying to influence that judge. Right and now, so, there's some judge listening to this going, "That son of a bitch." <laughs> exactly. But I mean, you're you're that's part of the handler's job is to get the judge on your side and to be affable and to be likable to where. If it's a 50-50 call, he's going to go your way. I'm already out. <laughs> Did you know this? I'm like, I'm already done. God damn it. But it's also the judge's responsibility to realize when that's happening. Okay. A judge has to and be know. completely. I, I When I go out and I'm judging my brother or or Jed Finley or Steve Yant. Steve Yant's one of my good friends and one of the best hunters on the planet. And I made a call against him on a panel here a few months ago that just set the whole interwebs on fire. Uh, and because that's what I thought was right. And so as a judge, you got to do that. But, you know, as a handler, you're, you're running your mouth. You're doing things that are, that are trying to help your dog because, you know, say I get to a tree and this is, this is one of the most common handler things. Uh, the leaves are on and there's no coon in it. Everybody there that's done this for a long time knows there's no coon in it. And the judge (laughs) is wanting to minus it. And you're talking that judge the whole eight minutes of shine time saying a coon can hide there. I seen this 
cast. I seen the same kind of tree back in '98, yep. and we circled. Excuses, it. excuses. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, no, you're no, back. Doubt. I'm back you on. I got a chance here. In their mind, it's like a jury. If there's, yep. it's got to be beyond reasonable doubt. And okay. if you can okay. put that doubt in their mind, you right. got a chance. Yeah. To win. And I've been influenced by it too. And I've looked back on trees that I've made a call on. I'm thinking, you know, I may have made the wrong call there. Right. But as a judge in the time, you know, you think you're, you think you're making the right decision. And maybe I went, I went towards that handler that was schmoozing me and telling me my fat daughter was beautiful and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's part of the game. And a lot of is folks, crying aloud. He gets a little girl in there, starts crying. <laughs> crying. <laughs> But uh, it's part of the game, and a lot of people don't understand that, and they view it as just pure cheating. But it's no different than showing up to the racetrack with a tuned vehicle instead of something you just drug out of the backyard. Like, you hire Richard Petty to get behind the wheel, you got a lot better chance than Joe Blow down the street, you know? No, I mean, these handlers handlers are good, and that's what they're supposed to do. If I hire a guy and I spend $6,000 on an entry fee... I expect him to try to talk that judge in a circle in minus three. Right. I mean, I really do. And all these you other can guys win with circles, like, right? Yes. Well, so, I mean, but that never happens at our level. Well, obviously, you guys yeah, got better. I numbers. mean, it just it just doesn't happen. Usually, you make one circle tree, you're out of it. Yeah. Especially what's a circle, what's a circle tree? If it's if it, it's it a could be there. Tree, yeah, a coon could hide, but you can't see it. A big leafy oak. Let me know, translate you, to big game guys. Oh, yeah. it was up there. We just couldn't find it. <laughs> yeah, that's a circle tree, right? We got there. those. We this got those. Touching. I, I There's a hole in this one. Mountain lion. I don't know. <laughs> right. well, you, no, you can't. Those bobcats can hide really good. Just so you know, we're really good. Like, yeah. bobcats are. I've treated a few. I've treated a lot of bobcats in the dark, but they'll usually look at you in the dark. Mm-hmm. I don't know what they're like in the daylight. At least once. They no, they don't. <laughs> Not in the daylight. They lay down. <laughs> they suck like down a, flat, and you're. Yeah. It could be there. I'm telling you what, it could could have been there. That's could exactly, be there. You'll hear that a lot in a cast. You know, it could be there. And all yeah. it has to place is a coon that can hide and you can't see it and you're going to circle. And there's a lot of trees that get circled that should be minus. And there's a few trees that should be minus that get circled. I'm starting to offend me now. <laughs> i got a bunch of circle <laughs> bobcat trees. <laughs> Baby, I think it was there this I time. I think that is single-handedly the biggest turnoff for a lot of guys in the yep. competition world is that's the piece that they take out of context. Yep. I'm like, well, you don't even have to have a dog that trees a coon to win. It's a bunch you of You guys BS. have well, like that that I heard one time, and I got irate. Oh, I'm sure. What was that? <laughs> it was a while back. A year I can't and a half remember who ago. it was. We were talking about it was some guy from Texas that had running walkers, had running dogs. No, I don't remember his name because I hold the grudge like crazy. And he, just, <laughs> he just went through this whole spiel about how competition hunting has ruined coon dogs and all this stuff, and I'm just like, ugh. And he probably went to a local hunt where guys circled a bunch of minus trees that never would have happened at the level that we at compete at, and he just can lump that all in as competition coon hunting. just like you know a, a bear dog guy does I something wrong in a comp- yeah i mean everybody does it i get it but i'm just like that is that is not the truth <laughs> i knew that's why i wanted to bring it up it I'm like, I guarantee you, that is a hot button for that is a hot you guys are passionate button. yeah and it's real everybody like that one for oh. me i mean i could have called that differently and who knows what the outcome would have been. You mm-hmm. know, nobody cheated me. 
Somebody right. knew the game better than I did. But do and you still I, feel I, dirty I, about it, Josh? Because I feel dirty when I'm making excuses. Like, <laughs> I know. Because <laughs> when, you think, when you think about it, though, uh, say my dog's treed three coons and your dog's backed on three. And it hasn't done nothing but follow my dog around all night. Uh, mm-hmm. And I tree another coon in, or another tree and you come in late. And if I get minus, you can still win this cast. Who's got the best dog? Yep. The guy that's treed three coons or the guy that's covered three and covered my slick two? Because if the scores turn out the way they are, if I'm, mm-hmm. say, in PKC, if I'm 100 and say you strike for 100 and you tree for 75 three times, I strike for 50 and tree for 100 three times, I'm out. Yep. You've beat you got to get first strike. Yes. And so... Say I do that and I'm on my last tree and maybe you struck for 50 or 25 or something like that on the last one or whatever. Um, I've still treed three coons to your none and you can still win if this tree gets minus. Mm-hmm. Well, if that's my handler on that borderline tree, he's throwing a fit. He's jumping up and down and he's throwing his stuff and he's going to bring a panel out there and he's going to do all right. the things that borderline on being barred to get to get me that W. <laughs> That's a good that's, handler. Yes, that's a good handler. <laughs> and these guys do that. And some of the best guys, I had a cast uh, last summer with uh, Dual Murphy, who handles for Heather Island, uh, Jake Moore, who hand, who at that time was handling for Ashley Oxendine, and uh, one of the Perrymans. And all pros, all good, all great guys. And we had the most easy, fun cast going into it. And they are always like that until the last five minutes because we all got <laughs> we counts. all got coon dogs. We've all got good dogs, and it's the last it's, five minutes that decide these casts most of the time. And pretty uh-huh. soon they're bending rules and they're trying to do. And I'm judging, and I can recognize it because I've been on both ends of it enough. And uh, you know, I don't hold it against them. They're just trying to get their dog the most breaks that they can get. And we ended up all treeing one coon, and the dog that struck first out of the truck won. Now, at the end of that, you guys are kind of like, my bad. You know what I mean? After you're like, after the thing, like oh, my bad. Like, Mark, Mark okay. Gilmore. I remember this. Mark Gilmore, if he's listening to this, I, I enjoy hunting with Mark. I've always enjoyed competing and judging with Mark. Uh, we were at Texas at, at, a, at a big hunt. I think it paid $40,000. It was a $5,000 entry or $2,500. I can't remember what it was. And uh, I had... I had won a couple casts, but I had gotten beat going into the semifinals. And so I took a judging job for the semifinals, and I'm just judging this cast. And we come to this tree, and it's it's a slick. I mean, there's nothing in it. And if Mark can just get this circled, he's going to win this cast. And I stick to my guns, and I circle the tree, and man, Mark is on me like crazy. Coon can hide here, coon can hide there, and I'm telling him no, and he's chewing me out pretty good. And pretty soon I minus the tree and um we get done within the cast. We get all the dogs gathered up. We get to the truck and Mark comes up as I get in the truck and I didn't have no grudge. You can't you can't hold the grudge once the time quits. Yeah. And uh Mark comes up, shakes my hand, he goes, Hey, you know, no no hard feelings. I was just trying to help my dog, you know it goes. I said, You bet you, Mark. I said, I expect I expect it from you. Uh, you're always packing a good dog and you know, this time you got beat and you know, that's the way it is. And so, yeah, you get, you get some guys that say, you know, the good ones, when it's over, it's over. Uh, the sorry ones, they hold a grudge. 
Yeah. <laughs> They're the ones calling Monday morning. <laughs> They're the ones that posted on Facebook on Sunday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're the ones that are like, I got screwed. Those are the sorry ones. Those are usually the guys that, that just don't realize what happened. And then the guys like me see that and go, oh, man, them competition exactly. guys. And that's why I, I get so mad at people when they post <laughs> He's still Facebook. mad. You can see oh. it. <laughs> Michael Moody, uh, may he rest in peace. Good friend of mine um, passed here recently. We just had the Michael Moody Memorial event. It was a $100,000 event down in Junction, Illinois. And I've always gotten along. He was a great human being, a uh, good man, uh, great father, great everything you couldn't ask to be a better human being than michael you michael moody and i still believe that but he posted one time there's there's a rule against climbing a tree to score it oh really, really? you can't yes you can't climb a tree or disturb a den or things like that to score it oh and as a handler you can't climb a tree not a no, dog nobody, if you nobody a can climb a tree to score okay. it in pkc and this was a big event this was the same event that i talked about with mark gilmore i believe same year down in texas and there was a, the tree had been broken off and there was, it was leaning down on the ground and it wasn't much to climb, uh, but you had to climb it to look in this hole that his dog was treed on. And she had a coon. She can't score it. You know, it's just, it's the rules. Well, Justin Caldwell, who's another good friend of mine, videos this. Videos Moody climbing the tree, scoring it, the judge climbing the tree, scoring it. And, them plus and be up and he immediately questions the call he says hey that's climbing a tree you can't score that coon that's a circle tree you got to recut it and so he takes it back to a panel the panel watches the video they all agree moody climbed the tree and moody gets on facebook the next day and just throws a fit posts the video and everything of course half the people are like that's climbing a tree and half the people are like no no you got screwed <laughs> But everybody that sees that that's not privy to our world thinks all oh, these these guys are all crooks and they're they're doing it the wrong way and maybe I haven't <laughs> gone out of my way to establish the fact that we aren't but uh, you know I seen that and I had a big beef with Michael for a while and I called him and being the human being that he is he did call me back and say you know I get it I understand I probably shouldn't have put that on there and stuff like that but yeah posting on Facebook is my biggest pet peeve. You know, when when you're beat, you're beat. There's another big event the next weekend. You know, just go win that. <laughs> if you're that good, go win the next one. Exactly. Your dog's <laughs> your dog's that good. Uh, you're gonna get your name in lights. You don't need to to frown on other people doing it because we the whole thing for me is to get more people doing it. Mm hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Well. We're right on here to buck forty. We got to like 40. two things on the list. That <laughs> went way too fast. That is one of the fastest. Jason hour sent me a list like I was going to pay attention. <laughs> no, that's fine. It was just I couldn't find the list. I was. Uh, I don't know if you noticed me looking like. But he doesn't over check my to... emails. <laughs> was it email? Was it? Yes, it was emailed. Was it, text? it was emailed this morning, and there was a follow up email to remind you. What does right. a comp dog look like now compared to the past? Oh, the one thing, the dark ages, when we got a bad rap for Slick Tree. We covered that pretty good, didn't yeah. we? Yeah. No, that's why I I was going to just refer back. That one was really yeah. interesting to me. So if anybody hasn't listened to the Fueled by Joy Dog podcast, that's probably on part one, huh? Yeah. I would say. Yeah. So you got to go back. So. It's in part What's one. What's that? Which the next one will be airing before this one. So part two will be out tomorrow. Where well, you guys tomorrow. were talking or, about what is today? Is it Monday or Tuesday? Tuesday. Uh, it's Tuesday. Yeah, part two will be out tomorrow. 
I can listen to what I said. Yeah. (laughs) No, you guys were talking about, because there was a period in time where competition dogs got a bad rap because accuracy became an issue and that's where it got into bad taste. And now we're on the second generation of that in the West coast where that's all we've heard growing up. Some of us have brought out some competition stuff to, to bring in, but there was definitely a period of time. I would say, wouldn't you nineties? Yeah, late 90s, early 2000s, where these dogs did treat too much. Yeah, you went from like the lippers and, you know, the real first big boom on the scene to everybody, you know. The all grand pedigree, which another question I was looking at, papers don't make a dog and all that stuff. But the all grand pedigree in UKC kind of, and no no fault to UKC, they're a great organization, but that kind of contributed to that, where... You could take these dogs out and you could talk the cast into seeing a coon that wasn't there. And these dogs made a bunch of trees and the squirrel dogs are kind of going through a, a portion of that right now too, where they're, they're looking for dogs that just get treed because it wrecks a cast. But yeah. we, we got away with that when the big money hunts came and these dogs knew they had to be, cause one coon still beats a bunch of circle trees. And so the judging got better. Everything got better. And these dogs right now are probably, these top tier dogs are as accurate as I've ever seen. I'm 43. I started when I was five. And so these are as accurate as any dogs I've seen since the late eighties. And probably having the money makes that yes. accountability rougher. Yeah. I mean, you, you start handing out, you know, yep. 10, 20, 50, a hundred G's. You, you can't just play favoritism. And mm-hmm. you know, if, if a, if the right, cheater wins honest. all the time, that that yes. people aren't going to jump in on that game. There's got to be some some serious stakes. Yeah, that, these, that these kennel clubs got to have got they got to have entries to make these hunts go. Yeah, yeah. and I'm not paying sixty five hundred dollar entry if I think I'm going to get cheated out of it. Right, you I'll know, lose so it. it has, yeah, it <laughs> I'll take a chance on losing it, but yeah. not getting cheated out of it. It has to be above board, and it is. Yeah. 99.9% of any hunt that's over a $300 entry, uh, the best dog is usually going to come out on top. And so hmm. the best dog trees coons, and that's what we're all looking for. And so everybody started breeding, training, everything for that. And next thing you know, here we are. Accent yeah. Not dogs, a poor man's sport anymore. Because no. I, I know I've talked with my wife and a couple of people here recently. I said, someday when we can, I want to own me a dog that we could take. Yep. To the show. I'm not going to handle it. I don't have it. Like, I will never one. make a coon dog. <laughs> what? You I'll sell, sell me you one. one. Yeah, I got Amen. one. I got one that just fit you just perfect, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> I'll bet you do. You realize I deal with dog jockeys all day, right? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I told her we're going to find us a black and tan and we're yep. going to do something with it. So I'm there's hoping that buys me enough time. That Greg Cover from Utah comes to them big hunts. Yeah. $4,000 entries and he hunts black and tans. Yeah, yeah, he. Uh, I met him. I think at Oaks. Actually, he's yep. a customer of ours. Yep. And Good I met day. him over there, and yep. it was he's a super nice guy. But I yeah, somebody's that. got a really nice black and tan. They want to yep. partner on. I just gotta make. There aren't money. very many of them. If you listen to today's <laughs> podcast, actually, I've got my email was blown up, and because my my subject is why do walkers win so much? Because there's a lot of them. Oh, yes. Well, that's one of the reasons. And there's a reason there's a lot of them. You're going to have to mm-hmm. listen. I will. But no, it's a it's a unique sport inside of dog sports. But the one of the common misconceptions is that we don't like all dog sports. 
uh, to me, what you guys do with Western Big Game stuff and Bobcats and, you know, my Wisconsin bear hunting buddies and my Southeast bear hunting buddies and the, the mountain lion guys, I love it. I think it's fantastic. You know, we coon hunters, Eastern coon hunters have a lot of respect for all those guys. And one of the misconceptions is that we don't, but we know they're talented dogs. Yeah. So as we wrap up, what do you need to do? We haven't talked about joy much, but what, um, how has that been going for you? You just started with joy and what's your job there? Uh, I started with joy almost two years ago. Um, I started out as a regional sales manager. Uh, now mm-hmm. I, I pretty much, I do their podcast. I do all their hunt coverage. Uh, Joy's expanded exponentially in the last five years. And I don't get all the credit for that. Uh, Wade's done a fantastic job with Joy and High Standard. Uh, our sales reps, our office staff, we all do. I mean, what How many employees, are, how many people are there that work? Seven. There? Seven? <laughs> yes. And what people don't understand is we're a small company. You know, mm-hmm. we're not Perina. We're not Victor. And there's a lot of benefits to that. Uh, when you buy a bag of Joy Dog food, you know that you're helping the PKC Youth Fund. Uh, you know that you're helping um, somebody in the office, you know, pay for their kids' T-shirts. <laughs> you know, you're, yeah. it's not like we're just we're just putting this into a big corporate fund. Uh, we're lucky to be a small company. I hope we, I don't want to stay that way uh, sales-wise, but I want to stay that way, uh, you know, everywhere else. It's, yeah. a, it's a family. Uh, we know every, pretty much every customer. We know every distributor. We know all that stuff. And that gives us the ability to uh, back things like that are controversial, like hound hunting, uh, mm-hmm. stuff like that. And so, yeah, I think that's important. Sometimes yep. people don't realize there's this, you know, you're talking about, um, oh, somebody keeps trying to get a hold of me here. I don't know. Um, the flash, you know what I mean? And, yep. and dog food kind of, I sometimes feel like, gets that too where it's like everybody's looking for that latest newest thing sometimes it's price so you know i mean i'm not gonna lie like right now i mean the last couple of years dog food has yeah been rough you know as far as price and diesel and you know the transportation and um what i like about it is the consistency you know what i mean mm-hmm. and i'm a real consistent kind of um person so like i I, I I tell Wade, I'm like, dude, I just want to know that I'm getting the same stuff that I got last year, yeah. the same stuff that I, I got the year before. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want you changing things, mm-hmm. trying to tweak. It's like get a consistency base because that's what we're working on. And I know guys, and I'm not going to say when my friends or whatever was talking about throwing away six or seven bags of dog food because they got a new batch and their dogs just wouldn't hold up on it. And I'm like, I don't want that to happen to me. You know what I mean? Like if I buy a pallet of food, I want to know that I'm good on that food. And it's really hard to get a new, you know, buy a bunch of food and then be like, oh, we're just going to try it out. You know what I mean? So um, that consistency is really important to me. Well, I've made my living in this business of hounds on my reputation. And when Mm -hmm. Wade and Chip had called me about, coming on with joy dog food i'm i told them i said look you can't be changing anything yes i can't go out there and tell people it's going to be this and it not be that yeah uh you know 
Uh, my word is very important to me and how I'm perceived is very important to me. And so, you know, he promised me it's a, it's the same formula all the time. Uh, we're going to do our best to make it the same way all the time. And, uh, that's what you're going to get. And so as a dog man first, that's what I wanted because I switched about a year before I went on to joy or when, before I signed on with joy and, uh, I'd switched from Farina which is another great company that does a lot for coon dog sports and stuff like that. So I don't want to knock them. They're a great company. And yeah. I'd, fed, I'd fed either Prina one or pro plan for 20 years. And, uh, I switched to joy. I liked the food. Uh, I knew what they were doing for us and for, for dog sports and for hounds and for anybody that uses what dog made you food. switch my brother. Uh, my brother, he's a houndsman too. And we don't always see eye to eye. I love him to death. Uh, we live eight miles apart and don't even hunt together, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but he's a, he's a great human being and I trust his word when it comes to dogs. And he said, Hey, you know, I've got joy. You ought to try joy. You ought to try joy. Uh, right. Chip had got him signed on and you know, I went and bought a bag and I liked it. I started with the puppy back in 2019 and next thing you know, that's all I fit. And yeah. my dogs do just as good. Uh, we, we've got them in kennels. Uh, I know what the stool is. I know what the consistency is. And, you know, you guys are just like me. We pay attention to what we're putting in our dog's mouths. And so, you know, I like the company. I like what they stood for. And next thing you know, here I am working for them. Yeah. yeah and that's, uh, like, like I say, that is critical. Because I switched. And we were probably feeding Perina too. Um, I switched for price. Because I had, yeah. um, it was actually John Belozier that, that contacted me and was like, hey, he was, and I'll just say he was feeding black gold at the time. And the dealer that he was getting it from, he called and says, hey, I need another pallet of dog food. And they're like, okay, well, that'll be about, you know, we'll probably have some more in two months. And he's like, no, you don't understand. Like, yeah. I need a pallet of dog, you know, when I need dog food, I need dog food. And they're like, yeah, well, we just don't have any right now. And, and. He's me like, either. Weird. <laughs> yeah, it's weird how that happens. I don't have any either. And, like two um, of it. But I have money. And I don't know <laughs> right. if you've heard of it, but we can usually exchange this for said dog food. Right, right. And so um we found a a distributor or whatever down in southern Oregon. And so we buy half a truck or you know, how many pallets? He has mm -hmm. 20 dogs. So he goes through a lot of food. And so we kind of made this little co-op thing where we were able to get different people together and bring in half a load from this distributor or I don't know what you call him as a distributor dealer, whatever, yeah. but, and uh, that guy's not doing it anymore, but it worked out and it was like, Oh, and, and I, at the time I wasn't as picky as I am now. You know what I mean? Like I, I was just like, right on dog food. Yeah, right, it's food. <laughs> now we're analyzing um, dog crap every day to make sure it all looks yeah, the same. That's right. We're nice. pictures to your buddies. Yep. <laughs> so I'm not judging people. I just, I went through that. And some of the things I've learned in the process was it's really comforting for me to have dog food set up like yep. nine months to 10 months or whatever, and not have to worry every, you know, Oh, we got to pick up another bag of dog food or whatever. He's like that, mm -hmm. especially going through COVID. Dude, I'm telling you what, I was looking at it going like, I could eat some dog food if I had to. You oh, yeah. know what I mean? Like, <laughs> dogs are okay. I may not, I don't hey, know where I'm going to get my chicken. so good, even you could eat it. <laughs> right. 
I haven't tried it I yet, but I'm like a joy ad back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so that was one thing that I found was really, um, it gave me peace, you know, just yeah. having a pallet of dog food or enough dog food that I didn't have to stress about it. Yeah. And then the other thing was, is learning how good it was. Like it is really good feed. Like I, I watched my dogs hold up on it. Um, John Belosier, I know his dogs hold up on it. And, and, uh, so it was, it was a set of circumstances that kind of brought us to it. But one of the things that we've learned and that, you know, John says it best is he's like, there's not a dog here. When, when you talk about, you know, pricing dog food and he's like, you can't go pick a dog out of my kennel and you know, I'll, I'll risk that dog for 800 bucks to save yeah. $800 a year in dog food. He's like, there's not a dog on this, on this place. Cause if it's not worth the $800, you know, to save that little extra bit, yeah. then I probably, probably shouldn't be on my place anyways. You know, any dog I got here and I'm the same way. Like there's not a dog that I would let leave my place right now for 800 bucks. Yeah. And so whenever somebody's like, oh, I can save you an extra, you know, dollar a bag or two dollars a bag. I'm like, yeah, that's not the motivation for me. I want a really good. Now, I'm not saying there's not other good food. There's other deal, you know, other places that have really yeah, good food, great and good feed. Yeah. And and so it doesn't have to be high standard and joy. Like, I'm sure you guys want it, you know, as many people as you can. Um, but feed a good dog food. You know what I mean? Put yeah. some thought into it. Don't just, I mean, I don't want to tell people what to do, but. If you really want something out of your dog, the the house blend down at Costco is probably going to change year over year or whatever. They're they're not looking yeah. at the dog; they're looking at the cost and and how they can keep the cost down. And so, um, that's just been something that I've learned over the the years. Well, look at look at what we spend. Uh, look at what we spend. What's a what's mm -hmm. a new Garmin cost? And three Let's not talk about that. Let's not talk about people. What, what are you but talking about? It's crazy talk on this podcast, brother. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> We're talking about dog food, okay, Josh? You keep it in your lane. Let's not talking about the on my lane. You stay in your lane, okay? It's true. Just it's say, the best investment say, you're gonna get. We got, we got people. We got people listening in their cars with their wives next to them, Josh. Let's not tell them about that, okay? Well, all I'm gonna say is it's worth it. I will tell <laughs> you this. I guarantee you it is because mm. I buddy fortunately hooked me up with high standard and I was going through a battle where I was switching feed. Like it was sport mix and yeah. we caught the problem before I said, you know, there was like three or four of us that it's like, there's something wrong with this food. There's something going on. Dogs dropping weight. We were finding cat food in it. We were finding all kinds yeah. of crap. So we switched from that to another, and then there's another, and then all of a sudden tractor supply didn't have your dog food. They were out of Victor for the week. Yeah. So you're changing your dog food every week. And then Buddy gave me a pallet of that high standard, and instantly, I would say within three weeks, I saw a major difference in the dogs. And they have held, even during the wait time in between season, and I've had a lot going on, they hold consistently if you do your part and you yep. really watch them. But I was sweating it because when I run out, I'm at the point I'm going to go down to the local place where we get it. It's we got to get it at Sportsman's warehouse yeah. and I'm going to pay a lot more for it from there, but I'm going to pay that for however many months I got to hold off till buddy gets another truck out here. Yeah. You know, well, it's I mean, just, we, we want you to, and I know, I know dog food's expensive. 
like I said, I pay for it just like everybody else, all my customers do. And we know it's too high, but we can't sacrifice quality right. uh, just to get a cheaper dog food. You know, we can't. Otherwise, there's no sense of me even being here. Uh, Wade, what people don't understand about Wade is Wade's a houndsman first and then a dog food operator. Mm-hmm. Uh, when Wade calls me, he calls me every morning and it's not, Hey, how much dog food did you sell or how much this, or, you know, we need to get another truck out. It's how the dogs look last night. You know, did you hunt your pup? Uh, yeah. you know, and to me, it's a, it's about relationships just like it is with your guys's business. Uh, mm-hmm. it's about relationships. It's about building that bond with your customer and knowing who you're getting your stuff from. Uh, is it American made? Is it locally sourced? Is it all those things? And I take it, I take that into account with every purchase I make. Uh, nobody likes going into effing Walmart. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So don't buy your dog food in there, get it from the feed store down the road. And yes, we would prefer, you know, joy or high standard, but at least get it, uh, someplace where, you know, you're helping the local economy and you're helping houndsmen Yeah, uh, because, you know, Yes, there's a lot of good dog foods. Uh, I could name 10 off the top of my list that are great dog foods. And we don't want all the pie. We just want a piece of it. It's a big piece. Yes. We want the biggest <laughs> we piece we can to get, get bigger. Just like all the other companies do. <laughs> the biggest but, piece our bellies can hold. <laughs> that's right. But, uh, you know, you're not, you're spending, you know, thousands of dollars every year on your dog. What's another $5 a bag? Right. To know that you're getting it off someone that you trust. And someone that you know has your best interests at heart. To me, it's worth it. Some people it ain't, and that's fine either way. Uh, we just want our customers to know that we got their back. Yeah. And our sport. You guys put a lot back yeah. into, I mean, it's like I think a buddy and W, even when we were competitors, I would always tell people, there's, I can't think of anybody that puts more back into our sport in Western hunting than Buddy. Yeah. And you guys, I know Joy and High Standard does a lot to put back into our houndsman community too. Yeah, that's our that's we're houndsmen first, dog food yeah. company second. Yeah. And I think that's important to know who you're buying your stuff from. Uh, some people don't see it that way; it's a cost thing, and I understand some people can't afford a, what, a fifty dollars well, so bag. How? Of yeah. How? Uh, I got one question, and you may not be the right guy for this. Um, if not, I'll make. I, it. Make you think. Make something. You just <laughs> make it up. <laughs> You're like trying to slick handle him, Josh. Exactly. Pull on a slick handle. He won't but, even you know what hit him. A lot of people are, are using this U- Ukanoba. Ukanoba. Um, it's like a thirty. In a, no, the in a in a chuck. In a chuck. Yeah. Isn't that no same different than you know, not the same? Ukanoba is way different. Ukanoba is a different company. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. I'm not going to edit that out. <laughs> I don't know. But, no, you're, sorry, but, you can. Anyways, I think you're talking about in shit. Yes, exactly. That's okay, what so you're talking about. Um, and people are having good luck with that, and that's fine. One of the things that w- I just sit back and think out loud, I'm like, gosh, dang it! It seems, it feels like it's a new. I don't want to say gadget, but you know what I mean? Like I'm always suspect that somebody has something new figured out, and I'm like, man, are we going to be running in? And it's the same thing I. I talk, you know, to my wife. And I'm like, you know what? That 32, whatever that new hot blend is. They're like, mm-hmm. oh, you don't have to feed as much, whatever. And and, and I, I'm always getting people, hey, buddy, you need to try this. And I'm like, dude, I don't want to try. I have something that works. Yeah. 
I'm, you know, they're like, well, you'll save a little more money because you don't have to feed as much. And I'm like, dude, I already don't feed as much to what I do. Sometimes I feel like I'm starting. I almost say I'm starving my dogs, but the, the amount that it's I'm surprising. getting them is not very much. I'm like, oh, I, if I start, you know, I, I'm, I can pour some to it, you know, I'm really hammering. But a lot of times right now I'm like, man, it's, it feels like I'm nothing. just like a couple kibbles and I'm done. And so it always makes me wonder what were they feeding before yeah. they went to that? Because mm. it's not apples to apples a lot of times, you know what I mean? Right. So okay. you look at it and you go, well, yeah, I was, I had to cut my feedback way back when I went to high standard, yep. you know? And so, and it's not that it's like, oh, this one's better than the other one. If you find one you like, I don't care. You know, I'm not here to sell anybody and make anybody switch. Um, I just want to be honest. I, I'm having really good success and luck with it. And I like there's things I like about it. I like having a pallet of it in the, in the, the garage. I really like, and that's really hard to store that much. I'll be honest. Anybody yep. that is thinking about it, it sounds good. But the first year I did it, I didn't have the, the means to store this yep. shit. And, and I had it in my barn. And I mean, the size of the rats I would watch going in and out eating my dog food was impressive. Like rodents love high standard. Temple didn't just oh, roll it out the barn. I would, I would put five gallon buckets of water out there, and I'd go out there, and, and I'd have six rats in it. You know, yep. and I'm talking big rats. You know, field rats, <laughs> whatever. Good. Not mice. Not we're not talking little field mice. I mean, we're talking these guys River were rats. packing some food away. Small possums. <laughs> yeah, and it was. It was almost like I, I should have got a gun out and started shooting them because they would be hammering that dog food. I'm just thinking, whoa. Anyway, so I, I get I got these uh, shipping crates. You know, it's like a plastic shipping yep. crate that I put yep. it in, and, I, and that seemed to stop it. I don't have any issues with rodents anymore. But so these are things that I've learned the hard way. It's like you can't just buy a pallet, just stick it in the garage, and be like, yeah, right on, because those those rodents find it mm -hmm. um, very quickly surprisingly um so that's one thing i i like is you know there, there's challenges with it the price we we it's competitively priced you know yep. compared to um quality, other things yeah. if you had to go buy it at the at the store i'm not gonna lie it it, it yep. it's Stick tough right now board. any any kind of dog guy that has that many dogs is looking at a way to buy it. And so I would talk yep. to your feed store and I would be like, Hey, I want to buy this. They can normally do some, some pallet discounts. They're not going to, you know I mean? Like if you buy it a pallet at a time and you order it and you, you work with these guys, yeah. they'll find you a better way to get a deal on it. You know what I mean? Yep. I, I'm, uh, I'll use sportsman's warehouse. I'm not paying $70 a bag to survive off of this. Um, yep. You got to talk to, to the manager or whoever who brings it in and ask them what a pallet price is or a 10 bag price is, And, yeah. and all those guys, that's how, that's how the dog food world works is they're moving 10 bags yes. at a time, not one. Yep. Yeah. Um, it's all about, it's all about bulk. Uh, yeah. you're going to get a bit, the more you can buy, the better price you're going to get per pound. Uh, as far as the Inukshuk stuff, um, I know Inukshuk, uh, is a great, probably quality dog food that your dog is going to do great on. Right. But it's not even American. <laughs> and it's it's <laughs> it's one of those things that just oh, you know, you get <laughs> aggravated and I'm just like, you know, here Joy is spending all this money on dog sports mm -hmm. and we give back so much 
and we're contributing to youth funds and we're, we're supporting houndsmen and stuff like that. And then, then guys go and buy a pallet of dog food that doesn't even come from the United States, let alone from a houndsman. Yeah, and right. it's, it's so, it is frustrating and we see it, you know, I, we, you can't help if you're in the business that I am to see it. Yeah. But I just want to scream at the top of my lungs that, you're not even buying an American product. All your money that you're spending on every pound of dog food you buy is going to Canada. Not all of it, probably only 98% of it. Uh, but I don't get it. You know, I, I, I've always, yeah, you know, I, I always, if, if I want to go buy a new Garmin, uh, I'm going to go to W hound supply because they support hounds, or I'm going to go to one of these other suppliers because they're, they're hound dog people. Right. Uh, their local business. Their I know who I'm buying it from. I'm buying it from Buddy and Jason. I'm not buying it from somebody that's that's living in a in a high rise in another country, you know. And that's important to me. And it's not important to everybody. Everybody looks at cost, or they, everybody looks at the next big thing. And so that's just it's just part of the business we have to deal with. Um, we we don't like it any more than anybody else. I always say if you're not going to buy Joy, buy another great American dog food. Uh, there's Trina, Victor, Pride, you name it. There's a bunch of good American dog foods that your dogs are going to hold up good, and they're going to do what they need to do. But, yes, do we want you to buy Joy in high standard? You bet. But if not, at least buy from somebody that doesn't say a boot. You know, they say about. <laughs> you might as well be buying it from Mexico or China. It's no different. Your money leaves the country, and that money does not go back into hound sports. Oh, that's to- a compelling argument. When money goes in W, uh, yeah, it goes to W Hound Supply. But also, you guys give back. Uh, when yeah. it goes into another hound supply business or another. What's your thought specifically? So my question, that's actually a pretty argument. <laughs> you're a lawyer in your past. I don't know. You're, oh, yeah, you're, no, you're using that judge salesman. shit. That, that's but what it is. You're, you're trying to sell the judge. I like it. Um, what's your thoughts on that blend? Like when you're getting to the 32, like that seems new to me. Is it? Is it or is it isn't? What? So I don't hot. think. I mean, because. There's all kinds of, there's been 38, 38 even, uh, in dog sports. Um, you got to remember that it wasn't very long ago, a hundred years ago, our dogs were fed corn meal, right? You know, uh, hounds were fed corn meal in the Southeast, uh, hounds were fed all kinds of different things. So genetically those dogs are different. When you get into sled dogs, that's a different story. They have a high protein um, high fat type metabolism where they do better on certain deals. But with hounds, I don't think the protein's necessary. Uh, your, your fat stores and your carbohydrate source are important. Mm-hmm. Um, they're going to do well with an energy source. Uh, our hounds, a lot of, a lot of them have downtime. You know, you guys have an off season. Uh, you're going to, you're going to want to switch proteins at that time. But when, when that dog's an adult and that dog's got its muscle built and, and that dog has everything it needs, it doesn't need uh, a real high-protein diet. I don't know. Yeah. And that's just that's not coming from Joy Dog Food. That's just coming from a houndsman. I think our yeah. 2420 formula is great. 
And I think whenever a dog is getting ready to get back out and a young dog, a 30-20 is perfect. Um, but when our dog's getting ready to get back out and get in shape, a 30-20 is great. But yeah. I don't think they need it year round. I don't, I don't even know. Like I said, I've, there's so many different blends. I just, I stick yeah. with the 2618 and I, yeah, I that's a, that's a great around. year round formula. And it's different because where you get that 26% protein and 18% fat is going to change. You know, say if I have a bunch of beans or something like that in the dog food formula, that's protein, but a dog doesn't digest it the same. Yeah. And so digestibility is important. How they absorb that is important. And you want your protein coming from a meat-based source because that's how dogs are going to build muscle and repair torn muscle and things like that and grow. Yeah. And so the best thing to do is not look at the at the just the protein to fat ratio as it is to look at how that dog absorbs that feed and how that dog grows and how that dog builds muscle and all, all that stuff because they're all going to vary. Yeah. Yeah. Dog food is one of those things on social media that yeah. everybody's got an opinion about. And, oh, tell me about and it. I, <laughs> I don't, I don't care. Hey, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, uh, <laughs> I wouldn't want your job to be honest with you, but. Oh, I don't, I don't want my job some days either. <laughs> <laughs> but, but it's just one of them things. It's like, and I'm used to arguing and that's one that I'm like, I, I got no argument, man. I don't know. I'm, I don't know that I want to, to know. Yeah. I don't know that I have the, the patience or the time to go down and study. I just look at the risk reward it, it, for me and I go 38, whatever, you know what I mean? Yeah. That's really high. Just whatever it is. I'm like, man, you don't see a lot of that. And I'm like, man, is it worth the risk of my dogs? Yeah. Um, and for me, it's not. Now, there's other people, and I'm not saying that it's bad. I'm not saying it's good. I don't know. I mean, it may be the best thing, and it may t take five, ten years, and, and we're going to see the differences. I, I was just curious about that because yeah. I, I don't know. The, the most the most important thing is just look at the results. Yeah. Everybody, and people, are having, and people are having good results out of some of that stuff. So yeah. I, I, the short-term results look good. Like, I, I, you know what I mean? Like, wow. it doesn't – I don't see anything that – that makes me go, Oh, I got to be on that. You know yeah. what I mean? I, I, I've seen that change when I switched to my stuff, uh, you know, high standard from where I was, I seen the change where I feed less, yeah. my dogs hold up, everything looks good. I found a food that I like, and there's yeah. plenty of people that have a food they like, and I'm happy. Awesome. Whatever. But then people try and sell me on it. And I'm like, dude, I, I'm, I'm good. I don't need to go, you know, keep tinkering and keep playing because at some point you got to, to find that sweet spot, you got to find the the downsides. You know what I mean? Like, oh, we were too much that. That was too hot. I, yeah. I ended up getting but some liver issues with dogs or whatever it is, and kidney. that's what I'm trying to avoid. Yeah. You know, no, I want it consistent. Kidney, kidney issues have been big, especially with the grain-free diets and stuff. But, you know, the bad thing is you don't know until yeah. six, seven years down the road sometimes. Yeah. And so, you know, I look at what Joy's done and what, you know, Perina before that is done. And those are the two brands that I suggest. If you're not going to feed Joy, I suggest you feed Perina. Uh, they're a good company. They're great people. Uh, we have a very good working, working relationship with them. Um, they support our sport. Uh, they support hounds. They do a lot of great things. Uh, 
So yeah, they know what they're doing. We know what they're doing. A lot of these dog food companies are great companies. And it's yeah. it's just like you guys, it's a lot about relationships. You know, yeah. just just know who you're buying it from. And I think that's our selling point. We've been successful with it for since I don't know, nineteen is after World War II sometime. I could probably tell you. Yeah, nineteen five. Yeah. A bunch of your guys' old ads. That's been one of yep. the cool things about going through these old magazines. Yes. Is like the artwork and the ads for dog food. Back then, you could literally buy 100 pounds of dog food for $1.50. Yep. Like, oh. blows my mind. But you see these old, cool clip art ads from, you know, Joy Dog Foods in there and yep. Purina. And it's like, they have been involved in hound sports since the 30s, 40s. I just know, bought a Joy clock or Joy thermometer for like 300 bucks really that was on uh, alan gingrich from ukc found it at an oh. antique sale it sent me a picture i'm like just buy it <laughs> yeah right <laughs> buy it i said i'll pedal it to chip cozier for twice what i gave for it there you, my you know so i'll pick that up at automotive but we do have a great logo we have great marketing and we've we've got a, a brand that people know and that mm-hmm. that's important and we we're proud of it but we also we, we just because you got a brand don't mean you got quality. And so we want to make sure we got the quality too. Yep. No, that's, that's true. And it goes up and down. Like I've, yeah. I've seen where even we, uh, we've, you know, as a business, you go through different phases yep. and when you're like, There's Oh, you gotta, you gotta, gotta kind of cost save or whatever. And sometimes it's like, Oh, too much. You know, we, we tight yep. dialed that dial too you much. We back too it tight, then you got to back her off a little. Yep. Yeah. It stinks, but it's part of the game. It's and part that's of how you make the long haul, fickle creatures. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, we I got to get off here. Um, this went way longer We've only than been I thought. On here over two hours, like we made yeah. his day way longer. <laughs> we don't well, you guys should like jump joy. into a two parter, and then you got to do We got a three parter, man. My job just got <laughs> easy. <laughs> Thanks for the vacation, Josh. There you go. You go to Kentucky. Check out the bourbon trail. It's great. Man. Awesome. All right, Josh. Well, we'll wrap this up and we'll have to have you on. It was a good one. We didn't cut yeah. it into the dogs. Next time we got to talk about my Yeah, topics. next time let's just talk dogs. That'd be great. Let's talk more about that cheating stuff. That's, that's <laughs> what I want. That's what I puckered I, up. I'm I like, got oh, three hours. I got three hours worth of stuff of that. We'll open it up for live calls. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect.